Chong exist in the Lost Canon? Oh god, I'm afraid. <laughs> then isn't Hurley a little confused that his dad looks exactly like Cheech Marin? Bye! <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And uh, this episode, our fun fact is, if you could brainwash somebody, what would you brainwash them to do? And my pageant answer is... I would brainwash everyone to not be like hateful and intolerant and um, homophobic, etc. And also world peace. I love that. And what's your non-pageant answer? Here's the thing. On any other podcast, I'd be like, I would tell everyone, I would brainwash everyone to watch Lost. But it feels a little bit redundant on this one. Yeah, so. bit preachy, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I thought of a different What is it? No, that's it. My my pageant answer was my. Oh, answer. I see, I see. I was I was gonna say maybe Riverdale. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31 year old journalist from beautiful post apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And my answer is absolutely to preach the gospel of the good Lord Guy Fieri. <laughs> so thank you. Welcome to Flavortown. <laughs> Population, the entire world. Yeah, we should <clears throat> all be in Flavortown. That's how we achieve world peace. Right. So basically, our answers were the same. It's so That's <laughs> so true. I love that for us. And this episode, our guest is Maria! Yeah! Hi! Tell us a little about you. We've had you on previously in season two, and um, but if people don't remember you, who, who are you? Okay, so I'm Maria. I'm from Puerto Rico. I am 23. I, I was going to say I'm a, I'm a student, but I'm not. I graduated this year, thank God. And <laughs> yeah, I, in the middle of a pandemic. So my Hogwarts house is Ravenclaw. And what else What should I say? That's probably good. So who are some of your favorite characters? My favorite characters, I mean, my top five would be like Juliet and Locke, Tide. Mm-hmm. And then Desmond, Sawyer, and Richard. Yeah. Oh, and today, not only do you get the first Juliet episode, yes. but you also get Richard's first episode, which is so exciting. I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. And then I know that this is a big question, which I say every single <laughs> episode, <laughs> but like, what does Lost mean to you? What is what is your overarching relationship with it? Lost has just like always been in, in my life because I, I started watching it when I was like 11. So that's half of, more than half of my life now mm-hmm. um so it's just always been there you know I, I i watched it so many times and when i was you know when i was starting my teenage years and when i was in high school and it was just always there for me it's meant a lot mm-hmm. and that's how we became such good friends too yeah wholesome <laughs> um so if anyone wanted to follow you where could they follow you so you can find me on twitter at john Locke, but it's not really john Locke. it's c no it's jc so like the o in john is the <laughs> yeah. c and then the l yeah. in Locke is in the capital i but it looks like it says John Locke, which is dope. She did the work. I did. Yeah, I tried. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Dharma Stark. Ooh, I like that. Incredible. Okay, cool. And then if you could brainwash people, what would you brainwash them to do? I would... I, I, somewhat along your, like what you guys said, I was going to say, like, be nice and everyone to be nice. But overall, I want mm-hmm. everyone to... Like, in this time that we're living right now, if I could brainwash people into staying inside, wearing a mask, mm-hmm. 
uh, I think we could solve the pandemic. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. I think that, yeah, on the Wikipedia page, it'll say Maria saved the world. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Today, we have words to say about episode 307 of Lost, not in Portland. So it's called Not in Portland, and it's called that because Juliet's supposed to be going to Portland, but obviously she doesn't go to Portland. (laughs) Um, The broadcast date was February 7th, 2007, which means since last episode was the, like, mid-season hiatus, this was the first one coming back from a hiatus, Um, which kind of makes sense because in, even though we're recording this still in December, Mm. um, this episode comes out after our there's a cat meowing. <laughs> this episode comes out after our hiatus yep. because we all, we never put out an episode at the beginning of January, if that makes sense. Yes. This is basically coming out, wait, this coming out just February 7th, and this episode is going to come out on February 5th. Oh, timing. Timing. What if you put it out on the 7th? Robin has- That's a, a Sunday. Robin I don't want to do small that. <laughs> Um, it was written by Carlton Cuse and Jeff Pinkner, and it was directed by Stephen Williams, who is, like, one of the main directors. Um, for a couple fun facts for this episode that I found on Lostpedia, it was obviously the continuation after the mid-season hiatus. Um, this is the first time since his inter- introduction in 303 that, um, Paolo does not appear. <laughs> what a fun fact! Um, J.J. Abrams was originally intended to direct, to direct this episode. I don't know oh. why. Um, interesting. he, like... He, like, never comes back. Like, he, he, I think he helped, like, write the season two finale, if I remember correctly. And he's, like, still kind of, like, a producer. But he only ever directed the pilot. And so I don't really know why they would be like, JJ, come back for this one. But Maybe because it was a mid-season premiere. But also, I, I really yeah, don't maybe. understand why they did that hiatus after six episodes. And then have, like, mm-hmm. the other 18. Because that doesn't seem like a mid-season, yeah. season, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. It's just like I guess when they ended up getting the when they ended up getting like their slot in the fall, I guess. True. Kind of yeah. Oh, and then this is the first episode that doesn't feature any scenes on the main island. So we get um, all the stuff that happens on Hydra Island and then the flashbacks. So nothing actually happens on the main island this episode, which is crazy. My stupid ass was about to be like, no beaches. No, they're literally on a beach. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So before we um, go in, Brittany's going to do her recap of the episode. And I know for a fact that she tried to make it shorter this time. I did. I think did it, it? it is shorter. Okay. I definitely think it is. On account of I was like, I like, what's the point of doing two summaries? Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm trying to make it fun and fresh. Yeah. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. In the past, Juliet passes Ethan in a hallway on her way to visit her sister. She runs into her ex-husband and his new girlfriend while stealing some drugs, which is not awkward at all. Oh, and the new girlfriend is a research assistant, by the way. Sure, sure. Anyway, her ex is on to experimenting with her sister and wants to work and wants in on the research. Juliet meets a man called Mr. Alpert who pitches her a privately funded spot at a lab. She can't take it because of her butthead ex. Maybe if he got hit by a bus, she'd be able to take it. Juliet gets home and her sister tells her that she's pregnant. Her research works. She goes to tell her ex and he fully gets hit by a bus. How sad. Juliet cries at the morgue and freaking Ethan offers her tissues. Alpert's there. She's like, did you have him hit by a bus? And he's like, no, but like, yeah, he totally did. They want her to work for them. In the present, Juliet watches Jack and Kate angst. Sawyer kicks Danny's ass as he should. Juliet sends people to hunt down Sawyer and Kate, which is so not Raven. Jack exposes Juliet. Sawyer and Kate radio Jack for a boat, but end up in a shootout instead. Alex and her trusty slingshot rescue them. Ben wakes up and asks for Juliet. He knows what they're up to. Alex uses skate as bait to get to Carl. Ooh, rhyming. Mm-hmm. To get to Carl, who is fully being brainwashed. Ben tells Juliet he's going to let Sawyer and Kate go, which Danny is not into believing. Jack nicks an artery by accident. Sawyer, Kate, Alex, and Carl climb into a boat and are met by Danny. He's going to kill Sawyer, but Juliet kills him instead. Plot twist. Alex has to stay behind because she's Ben's daughter and he's a controlling dickhead. Friendly is fully going to barf when helping operate. Same. 
Kate calls and tells Jack the story he asked for. He tells her not to come back for him and they leave. Juliet finds Jack in the Hydra. He got the tumor out. He wants to know what Ben said to get Juliet to comply. Ben is finally letting her go home. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i going to try and make it even shorter next time. I thought that was pretty good. Thank was pretty you. Good, good length. It was. It was. Um, so there is kind of an A and B storyline this episode, but they interweave so much that I figured we would just, um, do it all chronologically and then do the flashbacks. I think that's for the best. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Okay. Thanks mom. Yeah, no problem. All right. So here is my summary for the first little scene here. Juliet listens to Jack's call with Kate. Afterward, Kate and Sawyer fight with Danny and Jason and lock them in the cage. Juliet tells Ivan to go bring them back and kill them if you have to. Jack is ready to let Ben die, but Juliet doesn't believe him. So, first of all, I like how they're like, okay, we're having issues. But Friendly is like, oh, it's okay because we have another doctor in the room. Because Friendly's an idiot and he doesn't understand that there are different kinds of doctors. (laughs) Yeah, Friendly's not the brightest bulb, I gotta say. Um, She's, like, not a surgeon, so she doesn't know how to help. And I really think that she would probably, like, if she had to do it, would try her best and, like, might be able to fix some of it. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't want to, first of all, because (laughs) she wanted Ben to die anyway. Sawyer hits Danny's head against the button, and I feel like that probably would have killed killed him. Like, I know yeah. it's important that he dies later and everything, but I'm like, how do you get past, like, being electrocuted in the head? In your, like, your brain. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you kind of don't. I'm like, maybe that's why later he's like, I know that Ben would rather die. And I'm like, no, you, no. Oh, is it the brain damage? Is it the brain damage? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't think you know Ben, sir. And then how fast they like catch up to Sawyer and Kate when he was literally like electrocuted like that. Yeah. Like he should be unconscious. Yeah, and they were like stuck in the cage for like how long? I don't even know. How did they even get out of the cage? Ivan came in and got them out. Okay. Yeah. But another thing that I noticed was that like when Sawyer tried to do something similar to Ben a couple episodes ago, um, they had turned off the electricity for Ben to be in there. And so I was like, maybe they just like don't care as much about Danny. But I think what it was is that Ben was the one who thought to turn off the electricity and Danny hadn't even considered like turning off the electricity. Um, Well, there's a reason he's the boss. Well, I think, I think so because in in that scene with Ben and and Sawyer, he Ben like purposely steps on the water. I think he does it on purpose. So Sawyer sees that that nothing happened. Mm -hmm. So I think it was probably Ben who did that. Yeah. Who was like, we, we turned off the electricity. Sucks to be you. Well, I mean, also, I'm like, if, because, like, maybe Danny doesn't have the, like, wherewithal or the way to turn off the electricity, but I feel like even if he did, he might not have considered it because he was, like, so, like, enraged by, like, his finally, he has the opportunity to go and kill Sawyer at the end of last episode, Um, and he just, like, might have just slipped his mind, which um, is a pun because he gets electrocuted in the head. The man needs to calm down. He's so angry all the time. Yeah, I would, like, worry about his, like, long-term effects at that if he didn't just immediately die this episode. 100%. Um, so Kate and Sawyer lock them into the cage. And there was a thing on Lost P about this. Um, it said, as Kate and Sawyer leave the cages, Kate locks the cage. However, it was shown in the previous episode that Kate broke the lock to get into Sawyer's cage. Oh. So now the lock is just fixed. Apparently. Well, what if they just replaced it? Continuity. Because Ben knew that they, Ben no, knew it was that like, she was out. Yeah, but uh, they didn't have time because they were in, they were, like, doing the do and the cage and then after that they like were cuddling afterwards and then danny immediately came in so there wasn't oh you got me there there wasn't like a day in between or anything i tried thanks for trying i appreciate it no problem um so then juliet says to go and bring sawyer and kate back but then like i guess ben dies at that point because like they're not doing what jack wants um like is she doing this because she wants 
Ben dead? Because it's like either Ben is dead and she loses her trust with Jack or Ben is alive and she doesn't lose her trust with Jack. So it's like, this is what I'm confused about. Like we were talking about this yesterday. I don't overly understand her motive for selling, for sending them to kill the other two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I maybe, um, I don't know. Well, um, like Brittany and I were talking last night when we were rewatching the episode and um, we were trying to figure out who it was who betrayed who first. Yeah, like- and I thought that Jack was betraying Juliet because he was telling Friendly about Juliet's plan to um, have Ben killed. Right. Um, but then Brittany was like, I think that Jack was betraying, Ju- or that Juliet was betraying Jack for not letting like Kate and Sawyer go or something. Uh, yeah, because she ordered them to find Kate and Sawyer and kill them. And I was like, we'll kill them if they don't come back. Yeah. yeah. So I couldn't tell if that was the first betrayal or if Jack changing the plan from killing Ben mm-hmm. to letting them go was in Juliet's mind, like the first betrayal. Right. Oh, that's, that's I wonder, really interesting. I have no idea. Because I was, I was wondering, like, now that you say that, I'm thinking like, Juliet probably should have seen this coming because right. if she's like, you should kill Ben and Jack's like, what the heck is in it for me? Exactly, you know? And so, of course, he'd be like, okay, I'm going to do your plan, but I'm also going to get something out of it for myself. But also, if, if I get the thing out of it for myself, then I'm not going to let Ben die. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, like, so muddy. I think it was just, like, the first shot was probably Jack deviating from the original plan, and then Juliet was like, okay, it's every man for himself now. Right. <laughs> But I still think they could have found a way to work together, but it just, I mean, obviously that wind up happening. Well, I think that Jack and Juliet, no matter how, like, broken their relationship ends up after all of this, it kind of starts repairing itself by the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, well, because they both got what they needed. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we may have used some very conflicting ways to get there, but the end game was, we're both free. Yeah. Sort of. Kind of. <laughs> Um, so there was a lost on location for this episode, um, and there was conversation with Evie and Josh, and they were saying that they really enjoyed being in the cages and they didn't want to leave because it was like a really, it felt like really safe and normal at that point <laughs> to be in the cages. Um, and Evie also said that she liked that Kate was on the run with another person for the first time, which I thought that was really nice. Oh, I never thought about that. I like that. She quite literally has a partner in crime. Yeah. Aww. Ah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Uh, Juliet tells Jack that he's not on the same island, which messes up his plan. Jack tells Friendly that Juliet asked him to kill Ben, and they argue trying to convince Friendly who's who's lying. I love that scene so uh, much. <laughs> me too. Mm-hmm. Friendly makes Juliet leave because she obviously can't help save Ben. Um, I love this because <laughs> Juliet immediately tells Jack that his plan is bad because he doesn't have all the information. And Jack is so put off by this <laughs> because he always thinks he's those, the smartest, most informed Perfect. person in the room. Yep. And he's like, wait, crap. I think. Uh, okay. And so. I think Julia deserves an Oscar for this scene. 100%. <laughs> Honestly. That's what I, I love about it is that, um, like, he now has to uncover Juliet's plan because she ruined his plan and he has to get the power back in the room. It's so messy. <laughs> like, you know, they that's are true. so messy. Mm-hmm. So she tells him about the other island and he has to look at Friendly, who, like, backs up her. Like what she said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, originally I was like, why is Jack going to friendly to see if he's right? She's right. Like, why don't we just, like, why do you need confirmation from a man? This man is an idiot. He, he is an idiot, yeah. though. But then like, I, was, I hate to say it. <laughs> he really is. But then I think actually that he might have looked over at friendly because he was embarrassed. And he was looking around at, like, who else was in the room and, like, who saw his mess up. Oh, fair enough. 
Um, so I think there's lots of different ways that you can um, like interpret that that moment. Oh, my next note was just great day at the office for Michael Emerson. Oh yeah, all he had to do was lay there. Yeah. Um, oh, on the lost in location, um, Liz was saying how she and Matt really like to know the names of the equipment and the body parts and how much blood, etc. Um, and so I like that because it makes sense that they were cast as doctors. You know, what a bunch of dorks. They're so strange. Why? <laughs> Like, she, she's like, I just like to learn all the things that I'm talking about. And I'm like, that's great, but all you really need to know is the stuff in the script. Right. <laughs> she likes to learn. I love I her. respect that. Yeah, so they're both trying to convince Tom, and he makes Juliet leave. And I think that's not because he doesn't believe her, which I think after he asks, like, in the next scene, he asks Jack if it's true. And so maybe he doesn't believe her, but that she can't help, so she might as well leave. I think he's always had his suspicions about her, too, because yeah. he knows that she's not there voluntarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Um, but she truly believes that Jack would never let someone just die when he could have saved them. That's fair. Like, I, 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 um, when I, watching this episode, I kept thinking the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. he's a doctor. He's not just going to kill someone. And I really loved every time she said that because he'd be like, you're not going to do it. And he'd be like, Bet. can you don't, don't tell everybody you that. Shut up. <laughs> he's like, I, you think this is a bluff? It's definitely a bluff. <laughs> but can you just do what I want, please? But, like, Thanks. shut up about it, yeah. you know? Um, in the Lawson location, Carlton said that Jack sacrificed his own freedom to save Kate and Sawyer. But I don't know if that's true because he's using this to get off the island. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you're, he's not sacrificing his own freedom. Like, yes, he's still part, like, he's still a prisoner of the others, but he's getting off the island, yeah. presumably. That was like the right. deal that, yeah. Right. So they're both getting freedom here because he's saving Ben. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was like, I don't know about that, Carlton. I mean, you're the boss, but <laughs> I don't know, buddy. <laughs> We learn. Did we learn that? Learn that this episode or later on that he like is, have, makes a deal with Ben to like leave. Last episode. Last episode. Last episode in the security oh, right. room when Ben like walked in. Jack was like, "I need to get off this island," and he's like, "I need your word that you'll get me off this island." And Ben was like, "Sure." So. Right. Right. Okay. Um, Ivan opens the cage to set Jason and Danny free. Sawyer and Kate run to the beach, but they don't have a boat. They're found by Danny and have to run. Um, they're saved by Alex, who hides them in a hole, and then they lose Danny and company, which is great. When did Alex have time to build a secret hideout hole? Girl, 16 years. <laughs> Can you- she hasn't been on that island for 16 years, 16. has she? Yeah, well, she's 16. Well, we don't we don't know at this time at where the others live. Well, we we've seen the um we've seen the little town, but we don't necessarily know which island that little town right. is. Right. Okay. I just imagine like five year old Alex digging. Yeah. It, well, like I mean, how early in her life did she realize that what her father and what her peers were doing was was wrong and not what she actually wanted to do? Fair enough. Um, it's interesting to me that she grew up because we do know that Alex is Danielle's daughter, but we also know that she's being called Ben's daughter. Mm. And we know also that that can't necessarily be true. Like there's a lot of information that we can gather just from them being like, she's Ben's daughter Mm -hmm. because we know for a fact that she's Danielle's daughter. And we know that Ben is not her father because, uh, not Montand, but Robert, Robert was her father. And so therefore you can kind of make the leap that when she was taken from Danielle, she was raised by Ben. By ben exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, unless you start thinking that maybe Ben and Danielle had something, but that's just like a, a reach. Yeah. yeah, it just yeah, it just does not make sense. And also ew. I'd rather just not think about it. Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But so then you're like I think that that then becomes a question of nature versus nurture, then, you know? Because if you're being brought up by someone who 
thinks all the things that the others do are okay, mm-hmm. then why wasn't like why isn't she now with that mindset? You right. I mean? Like what what made her not be like them? Mm-hmm. Is it people like I mean, Juliet only came into her life when she was 13. Right. That's early enough, I think. So, like... Plus stories. Like, Juliet also, like, brings a lot of, like, different Mm -hmm. stories. Like, I don't know. I feel like Alex is someone who would really, like, take to reading. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So, it's like, if you're reading stories about, like, morality and then seeing immorality around you, it's not that hard to make a leap of saying, oh, this is wrong. Yeah, and also the way they treat Carl. You know, she knows that Carl is in danger. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have so many Carl thoughts. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, and also I I think that that's a good point, Brittany, because, you know, we get information later, like much later, that um, she potentially is really interested in knowledge Mm -hmm. and um, and stuff. So um, that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, who her influences were that weren't Ben, because it's clear that she wasn't just raised by Ben. Exactly. Uh, This is is why I want a Dharma spinoff so bad. Yeah. There's like so many things that they could like so many stories they could tell. So interesting. Mm-hmm. So yes, they get to the <laughs> Danny and Jason are still stuck in the cage and Ivan comes to open it. This is so funny because Danny is so performative and like overly masculine. Yeah. And so the fact that they just locked him in the cage and they have to wait for somebody to come and get them. Now it's like you stuck these people in a cage and now you know what it feels like. Like now you you were outsmarted and now you're stuck in the cage and yep. you look so stupid. Who's the clown now, dummy? Yeah. So they go and open it. Skate is running through the jungle. They get to the beach. They see the big island. And Kate assumes that there would be a boat on the beach because like how else would they get back and forth? And we know, like if not spoilers, we do know that they have... Um, the, a submarine and we also know that they now have Desmond's sailboat. That's also so extra I'm, like that. those two islands are not that far apart. Imagine using a submarine <laughs> Yeah you do not need a submarine <laughs> Just to go from side to side come on. Yeah. Like it takes longer for that submarine to submerge than it would for you to take a boat. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> It's like a, a matter of like stealth but it's also like is it stealthy when you're that slow? Exactly <laughs> So they're like, okay, let's call Jack and ask for a boat. And basically she's talking to Jack and Sawyer's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't like do small talk right now because there's kind of important things to do. The man had some points. Yeah. <laughs> um, so her the walkie gets shot out of her hand. She's very lucky to not have gotten her hand shot off. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so Danny found them. Not really sure how because I it seems like he was in the cage for, maybe it wasn't that Cameras, long. Though. Now I'm like- God, what was the timeline? You know, because it was literally just Jack getting off the phone with Kate and then talk and then like arguing with Tom and Juliet. And then, yeah, like that's it, actually. He exactly. might have only been in there for like a minute, maybe a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's why I said that they like, he cut up to them really fast. Yeah, he really did. Well, yeah, originally I thought you meant like, like how fast was he moving? Because he was in there for a while. But no, you're totally right that like he really wasn't in there for very long. So they run through the jungle and hide and Sawyer's out of bullets and he can't hit anything (laughs) because last episode we were talking about in the commentary um, that Josh was complaining about that and he can't hit anything because he's not wearing his glasses. He he can't see, basically. Honestly, bless his heart. Oh my God, this whole time he can't can't see, I feel bad for him. It's and not being able as someone who's blind, someone not being yeah. able to see. Oh God, it's like, a humbling experience. He's like yeah. trying to like break up the rocks at the at the quarry, and he just keeps missing the pickaxe. 
<laughs> so Jason almost shoots Kate, but then Alex saves them. Um, she has a small hole in the ground. And I think that's a parallel to the hole that Sawyer was put in by Anna at the beginning of season two. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so yeah, they lost him. Because it also kind of has the same sort of like cagey top mm-hmm. that goes down. You're right. Yeah, like camouflage. Yeah, camouflage is the word. Yeah, camouflage. Yeah. So then Sawyer calls Alex Sheena, and that's a reference to Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. On Lostpedia, it said um, Sheena is a jungle-dwelling comic book character able to communicate with the wild animals. She was fiercely proficient in fighting with knives, spears, and bows, and improvised with makeshift weapons. So it was a very good, a good reference. Sawyer's such a dork. <laughs> like sometimes he'll say things like this, and you're like, "Wow, that was really accurate." And other times he'll call Danny Broken Nose Man. You know. <laughs> Broken nose, man. Listen, he only has so much creativity in a day. Yeah. yeah. He's 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 got stuff to do. Yeah. Um, so Jack confirms to Friendly that Juliet did um do that. And Ben has woken up and heard it. He wants to speak with her. So for some reason, Tom like immediately believes Jack because like what they're man to man, I guess. Like he's right, but like why wouldn't you believe someone that you've spent three years with? Exactly. Right. Over top. So that makes me think that Juliet must have had leanings before, because it obviously he believed it. Yep. Which means that canonically, it must have been believable to him. And then, what are the reasons as to why it was believable to him, even though there are so many reasons why it shouldn't have been believable to him? Right. There was always rumblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it seems like probably people are aware that Juliet is being kept there against her will. Yeah. Perhaps when she like first arrived, she had said like, "Oh, I'm only here for six months" or whatever. Yeah. You know, like when exactly did she figure out that she was going to be here for longer than six months? Oh God. This makes me sad. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so sad. So Ben woke up and he knows about Juliet now and he wants to talk to her basically. When that scene, I, I think I remember whenever it was that I first watched it, that scared me when he said that, when he's like, bring me Juliet or something like that. Because I was like, oh yeah. no, what? Like she's in trouble. What is he going to do? You know? I, I love that because you know, <laughs> that signifies how powerful and terrifying Ben is because he's physically incapacitated. Mm -hmm. He can't physically do anything to her, but we're already like, but we're still so scared for her, even though all he can do is use his words. Literally. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, So Juliet paces outside and friendly comes to get her because she knows that she's in trouble. So she's just like, uh oh, pacing outside because (laughs) yeah, it's not going to be good. Ben woke up because Jack doesn't know how to do anesthesia, which honestly is just as good of a like excuse as I could have think yes as I could have thought of you're like oh so sorry <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, mean, I it makes sense too I, I think it makes sense I don't know like I, I I definitely I definitely think it does yeah as someone who watches Grey's Anatomy I know that half of these doctors wouldn't know how to how to like yeah. deal with anesthesia yeah. well also like earlier earlier just this episode they were talking about how Juliet can't fix Ben because she's not right. that kind of doctor exactly so it totally makes sense that Ben who or that Jack who isn't that kind of doctor would just be kind of guessing mm-hmm. anesthesia is a very specific and like like high stakes job. It is. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of funny because you don't want to think of like Jack messing up anything, especially like medical related, but like, it's totally fair that he wouldn't really know how to do it. And, and later he feels bad about it. Like, he's like, are you in pain? Like, I can probably do something about that if you want, but like, sorry, I messed up. (laughs) You know, he feels bad. And, And I also think that's a, 
like a testament to Juliet saying that like he would never actually let anybody die because I think that it was different for Jack when Ben was unconscious on the table. Like he could already probably think of him as dead if he wanted to. Yeah. But now that Ben is up and talking to him, he's like, "Uh oh, she's right. Like, I, there's no way I could just let this man die now that he's like conscious." But like, yeah, but also, and like later in the episode, not to jump right, but like when he accidentally actually does something wrong with a mm-hmm. kidney sack, he's like stressing out about that. Yeah, yeah exactly. he's totally freaking out. Real bad. Yeah, so yeah, Ben Ben wants to talk to Juliet, and so she's like, okay, <laughs> here I go. Yes, I'll go. Um, so Alex says that she has a boat, but there's a catch. They need to help her get Carl back. Um, so they're all in the hole, and <laughs> they're they're so wet and dirty because it, it just um, rained, and they were in the mud and gross. They just look terrible. They always look so gross. So gross. I bet they smell awful. Oh, they do. Oh. I know they do. <laughs> Poor Alex. I can't remember who it was who said it. It was probably Sawyer because he's dumb. Um, but he was like, do you have a tunnel to the mainland? Bro, it's underwater, bro. Listen, he's no genius. <laughs> he's smart, but he's not a genius. A tunnel to the mainland. Is that okay, buddy? Sure. What if she was like, yeah, come with me. <laughs> I mean, I think it's an extremely funny joke. Yeah. Um, so Sawyer calls Alex underdog and it was a, the main character from a children's cartoon TV show. Um, he was a cute puppy who could transform, transform himself from shoeshine boy into a superhero every time someone was in trouble. Oh my God. The series aired from 1964 to 1973. That's so Alex. It's so cute. She's a cute puppy. And then she transforms herself when, when someone needs trouble, when someone's in trouble. With her little like slingshot. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's so cute because, like, that implies that, like, they were in need and, like, he kind of appreciates yeah. her. Yeah. Like, I, she probably doesn't get the reference at all, but, like, him saying that implies that he, like, is grateful. Yeah. I still can't believe this man sense. knows so many things. I know. It, like, and he thinks of them, like, on the spot. He's like, I'm a con man. I can afford cable. <laughs> I can afford cable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she has a boat, but, um, she needs their help first. And Sawyer could totally tell that there was a catch. He was like, hold on. What do you need us to do before you'll help us? Well, no one on that island does anything out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. But she's also like, please help me. And they're like, dude, we only have an hour. Like, that's all the time we have. And also, how are we supposed to help? Have you seen us? Yeah. (laughs) So last episode, um, Alex was, you know, showing up with the slingshot in the quarry and saying like, they killed my boyfriend. Um, and they're going to kill your boyfriend or whatever. So within an episode, Alex figured out that Carl isn't actually dead. I think that was like maybe within a day. Yeah. She figured out that he isn't actually dead and then he must be here or whatever. How did she? I don't know. She, I mean, er, later she says that this is the only place that she hasn't looked yet. Okay. So I'm like, did she actually think that Carl was dead or did she just like say that to get Kate and Sawyer more motivated or something? I'm not sure. Or maybe when she said, oh they're gonna kill your boyfriend like they killed mine maybe she was exaggerating maybe she was assuming that carl was dead yeah oh yeah but she didn't like have any actual proof obviously because he's not dead so sawyer like definitely has to help but he doesn't seem like that motivated to help until he figures out that he knows the kid um and that he met carl before and then he's like oh okay we gotta go because i think sawyer has a soft spot for plucky kids (laughs) especially like you know, he, I think he respects the fact that Carl, like at the, I think it was 301 when Carl like got himself out of the cage and like tried to, oh, and got him out, tried to let Sawyer out as well. And even though his plan didn't work, 
Um, I think he respected that plan. Yeah, he was like, I've met this guy once. I guess I'll help him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, we'll help this kid. Yeah. Um, so Ben asks Jack for three minutes alone with Juliet, and Jack's like, sure, whatever. Um, so Ben has been hearing them for a while, and he says he's not in pain because Jack would help. And I think Juliet's right that Jack wouldn't let him die, especially now that he's talking to him and he's awake. He wants to talk to Juliet alone, and he says one gentleman to another. What are you talking about? Are you? He's like, I don't. <laughs> One gentleman to another. <laughs> um, and he asks for three minutes, which is a parallel or an illusion, um, because that's how long Michael had with Walt. Right. So that's them trying to connect those, I that think. That was the name of the episode, right? Three minutes? Yeah. Yes. So Jack tells Juliet not to touch Ben, and Juliet promises not to. And it's kind of unclear, and I think it's unclear on purpose, that, like, he says, don't touch him, like, if you try to save him like don't try and save him and she's like i won't you know so that makes sense that he would be like don't try and save him because this is part of my plan and she's like i won't because she actually wants him dead right oh i thought he meant like don't try to kill him that's the thing is that like then you can also see it as don't try and kill him she says okay i won't you know because that would also ruin jack's plan etc so like i think it's unclear on purpose because it makes sense both ways i love that yeah um, but I don't think she would do either. I don't think she would try and kill him, and I don't think she would try and save him either. Anyway. So Jack watches from above. Friendly introduces himself, but Jack is not interested in talking to him. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love Friendly. God, he's just so... Me too. I have such a soft spot in my heart for him. Me too. Because he's just so dumb. I know. He's so stupid. He's so stupid. It's just, it's just funny. But it's, but it's so much fun because he, like, he spent all of season two being, like, the big bad. Mm -hmm. uh, like, the end of season one, he takes Walt. And then, like, in Hunting Party, you know, he's the one, he's in the light em up uh, yeah. clearing. And, you know, he's the one who's giving the scary mm -hmm. thing. And then we figure out that his beard isn't real. As and then soon? you get the, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you get the, um, like, you start getting a taste of, like, who Friendly actually is at the end of season two when he takes off the beard. And, <laughs> and, um, and Ben's like, where's your beard? And he's like, uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like as soon as um, he took out, took off the beard, he like changed mm -hmm. completely. Which I love because you kind of get more of like who MC Ganey really is. You know, they were like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, didn't he say that it was because it it was itchy, the beard, so he took it off? Like he asked to yeah. be able to not use it anymore? Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. But but I also, I like that, um, you know, they really only had one face for the others and it needed to be scary. But now that we have so many different faces to the others, they can bring in a more dynamic cast of others and show that, you know, they're not just one type of person. And uh, Ben is just so much scarier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so now they're actually to bring in, able to bring in... Uh, who MC Ganey really is, I think, because, you know, later when, with all the blood and everything, he's, like, scared of the blood. Yes. And in The Lost on Location, MC Ganey was also like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. No. So I love that. <laughs> so Jack is watching from above and we're not getting... Oh, wait, I fin I didn't finish my summary. <laughs> we just started start talking. talking friendly. Oops. Um, yeah, Friendly introduces himself. Jack doesn't want to talk to him. Juliet emerges and tells Jack to save Ben. And in exchange, she's going to go help Sawyer and Kate escape. So Jack's watching. He doesn't get any audio. He doesn't know what they're talking about. Tom introduces himself and Jack just full on ignores him. Why are you the way that you are, Tom <laughs> yeah. Friendly? Why Why are you like that? Why is he like that? He's just so funny. Well, his last, his, they do call him Friendly. I know. Right. I, you know what? I, and I also, I think I've said this before, but like, I love the way that they name the others that they've got this guy whose name is Friendly and they name Goodwin Goodwin, which are two positive words. I never thought about that. So I love that. 
yeah, Tom said that they've got history, and um, we learn about that later, so uh, we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. Juliet comes out, wants him to save Ben, because Juliet's gonna let them escape, and Ben, I guess, is ready to cut his losses and would rather live than keep them, which is weird because, like, I assumed that and I know that to be true, but then later when Danny is like, Ben would rather die than let them go, I'm like, first of all, we have- actual evidence that that is not true because he's literally (laughs) saying that's not true but also how do you know ben for how long you've known him and think that that's true i think it's funny self-preservation above all yeah i think it's funny that uh danny's talking about dying like saying ben would die and then he's the one that ends up dead Right. right yeah I just think it's so weird. Like, I wonder if the reason why he said that was just to, like, make himself feel better, you know, because he wants to, like, get his own agenda through, you know? And he's like, what evidence do I have? And so he just makes up evidence or something. I don't know. He just wants to kill Sawyer so bad that he doesn't care. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's like, what did he offer her? Let's find out later. Hmm. What's the tea? Hmm. So Juliet goes to the security room and finds Sawyer and Kate on the cameras, and then she sees that they're with Alex. Um, I really love the transition between these two scenes because the scene right before it is in a flashback when she's like crying to Richard and saying that yes, 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 that she's a mess and everything, and then it immediately cuts to this like hardened. It's so, it's so good. <laughs> yes, she's it's so badass. The way she's like walking. Exactly. Like the island has clearly hardened her for sure. I think I think it was really important in this episode to show who she used to be, how she used to be, and then mm-hmm. who she had to become. And I think yeah. they did that perfectly. I definitely agree. I think that this episode really makes her so much more relatable. Yes. And um, you know, she was already like really nice and compelling before, but now But she wasn't overly likable yet. Mm-hmm. Like, she was likable in a way where you're like, I don't know what your motivations are. But now you're like, oh, okay, you're trapped here too. Right. And I don't know how much of what you say is manufactured by Ben. Exactly. Yep. But now, yeah, yeah, basically she's just so much, um, you just see more of her. And so, it's, it's, like, you just understand It's her. interesting because, you, I mean, you say, I agree we see more of her, but also we don't. In the sense that she is, like, who she is on the island right, right now, she's not open. She's not, like, we really can still cannot right. really read her. Mm-hmm. And I think she... You know, she had to become this way and she and but we compare I, I like comparing like her relationship with Ben to her relationship with Edmund and how she right. acted around him, how nervous she would be. I mean, we're going to talk about that in the flashback scenes, but like she was very always very nervous around Edmund mm-hmm. and very like feeling feeling like threatened, maybe scared around him. And I think she feels a, like weirdly tentative. Right, right. And I think she feels like like that maybe like a bit around Ben, but she doesn't yeah. really show it. Right. I like I like that point that like we see more of who she was, but we still don't know that much about who she is because yeah. she's so different. Mhm. Exactly. So she sees them on the camera and she sees that they are with Alex, which is upsetting to her because not only is it going to be harder to get them because they're with somebody who knows the like this island better but she also has to stop Alex from going I don't think that was necessarily part of her talk with Ben but she knows like Ben well enough to know that he wouldn't want Alex going and Mm -hmm. and she doesn't want anything to jeopardize what Ben promised her yeah exactly and she and she's like it no like we can see that she's upset about the fact that Alex is there too which is like oh oh hell you know Yeah. yeah Yeah. So they get to the building that Carl is in and they see the guard reading a book. Kate has an idea on how to get past him. 
Um, so this is Aldo and he is played by one of the actors from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I always thought was such a strange cameo to make. It, it, but we didn't we but figure then, out? Yeah. yeah, we looked it up and it turned out that It's Always Sunny was only on for a year before um, he he shot this. So in reality, it's not really a cameo. It's just a, a role that it's he a got. a job. Yeah. Which is really cool. I didn't even know that Sunny, that that show was like that old. I've never seen I know. it, so I, I had no idea. Like, neither have I. And Isn't it still on? Yeah, they, like, rebooted it, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so funny. But what's interesting is that, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that um, Aldo doesn't die this episode, and so Aldo does come back later, um, and that is, that's a cameo. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I just, I just remembered the scene. Yeah. Because at that point, yeah, at that point, he's a more, like, he's prolific. He's Yeah, he's yeah. a more prolific, like, comedy actor, and so that's the cameo. <laughs> but this is not a cameo which I think is so cool. That's so weird. I imagine that when like he was shooting it was always sunny it was like you know it's this guest spot on lost and they're like okay and he's like you get to shoot in hawaii and you're like yeah okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. sure yeah i can do that why not so he's reading a brief history of time which seems like a really smart book for a dumbass he's reading it doesn't mean he was understanding <laughs> that's true <laughs> alex says that she doesn't know for sure where carl is but it, this is the only place that she hasn't looked and it's interesting because she doesn't even consider that he might be on the main island she she thinks that he has to be on this island which i'm not really sure why that's true like it ends up working out for her and it's not like she doesn't know that there are two islands yeah she definitely knows and like i don't really understand why all the others are on this island right now like all of them are all of them on this island right now it looks no there's got to be some still left i'm like can she count all of the people that she knows (laughs) and she knows that they all are here or something i don't know yeah honestly like why are carl and alex even on the hydra island like what what are what are they doing? What's the like, point of all of them being like? I think they're. Yeah. I think they've brought everybody over to work on the. The thing. I can't say what it oh, is shit. yet, but on the thing on my bobber. I already said uh, it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna bleep that. Okay. I think it's gonna be so funny. Okay. <laughs> Me, I can't on say it. Spoiler. <laughs> um like at the at the quarry um and maybe they brought everybody over because it's clear that like a lot of people are working at it when whenever we're there there's a lot of people there working yeah. um but I, I still think it's weird that everybody is over there you know they're busy but, but also, also you're completely right the only person that's not there is the lady wow what's her name in the in clue. the first episode of season three the one who opens the door oh. to juliet clue oh oh the old lady Yes, yes, yes. Her name is Amelia. Her. She's not there, but she's old. She shouldn't be working on those things. Yeah, where are you? I, I'm like, I think this is like the only thing she's in and then also one of the Mobisodes. I don't know. Yeah, it. yeah. The mo- yeah. It's, it's, and yeah. Then the, I think the Mobisode is just like an extended scene of that scene. It was just a deleted scene, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. My thing is that like if Carl was on the main island, somebody would need to be there like supervising him because otherwise he's just gonna like come back to this island to get to Alex you know that's what I was gonna say is that what if Alex saw someone taking him off the island right and that's how she knew where he was well she didn't see anybody taking him off the island because he's not on that island him off the main island and bringing him to Hydra well she knew he was there because he was in the cages well then there you go okay I'm glad we had this talk okay so Kate says that she has an idea to get past Aldo um so it involves she and Sawyer kissing (laughs) It's just like always like the ruse that people use. And I'm like, why would this work? 
So Alex brings Sawyer and Kate to Aldo, pretending that they're prisoners. Aldo is going to call Ben, but they attack. Kate almost shoots him, but Aldo tells them where Carl is and she knocks him out. I, I really love this because in what world is it believable that Alex could handle capturing and keeping Sawyer and Kate? I know. I know. I thought the same thing. Sawyer is massive. <laughs> Sawyer is giant compared to her. Yeah, but she has a gun. But are you telling me that you can I don't tell anyone she do doesn't. anything with it? Are you telling me? Well, they, doesn't she have a gun? Oh wait, she has Sawyer's gun, but yeah. it doesn't have any bullets in it. But he, but they, he they don't know, know that. But either way, you're telling like, me that Sawyer and Kate wouldn't be able to like take her gun. Are just gonna stand there? Like, but also, like, they, oh no, guess we've been caught. <laughs> They could all, they could like take the gun from her. Oh, for sure. And like Sawyer, literally, all he has to do is like wrestle his arms away from her and book it. You know, <laughs> that's funny. I just think Aldo is not very smart. Yeah, like I, what I like about it is that it's very clear that he like doesn't want to believe it. So like you know, he does call to be like, just let me check because I'm not sure. But he almost believes it, which already shows that he's stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Open the door, Alex. What the hell are you doing? They must have gotten out of their cages. I caught them in the jungle. Now open up, Aldo. Whoa, whoa, just stop. Alex, you're not supposed to be here. If your dad finds out, he's going to kill you. My dad was the one who told me to bring them here. To you. Look, maybe you should call him. I'm sure he's got nothing better to do. (laughs) I've I've come to the conclusion that half of the others are just stupid. They're just idiots. I know, which, and I love that, um... I love that reveal because, you know, they're supposed to be the big bad. And so that's what I love about um, about this season, because season one is about, you know, the crash and and the island. And then season two is about the hatch. And then season three is about the others. Yeah. And we're just learning that there are many different flavor of others. <laughs> many layers. Well, because they're just people, right? Yes. Yeah. They're just people. Like people can people are often pretty friggin dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so Aldo's like, oh, my God, your dad would be really mad if I let you in here. And she's like, well, my dad told me to bring them here. And he's like, oh, bet. Right. And yeah. at this point, at this point, we don't know that, that Ben is supposed to be her dad. And so we're all confused because we're like, isn't her dad dead? Because we know that she's Danielle's daughter. Right. Ooh. So it's like, this is really confusing. And then, of course. Those are the things that watching on, like, uh, on rewatch, you don't notice because you already know this information. Yeah. So I, I yes. wouldn't have caught that. Uh-huh. Like, at this point, we're like, who's your dad? What? So then it's like, who raised her? And it, it's Ben, I guess. So she's like, okay, well, call my dad then. Um, and of course, you know, they assume that Aldo's just going to trust them and he's not going to call, right? He's going to be like, oh, well, I wouldn't want to bother him. You know, uh, sure, you can just go through. But he does try and call, which, you know, means that they have to spring to action. Flip that one right up. Yeah. He calls Danny and they know where Aldo works. So that tells Danny where to go. Yeah. You know, it, they definitely like get out before Danny comes though so like i don't think like danny must have been kind of far away from it because he had to get there well, and wasn't then he near the beach well he was but then he followed them into the jungle and was shooting at them and then they walked away because they were in the hole all oh, right yeah he probably went back to like base camp or something like it really seems like it feels like danny is always like significantly behind them but he always gets to them pretty quickly after they get right places mm-hmm. he has a golf cart so i don't think he's actually that far behind them ever yeah which, like, uh, heightens the stakes. So, that yeah, he knows where Aldo works. So, he's, that's, like, Danny's already on his way. Because Aldo said, like, Sawyer and Ford. Or, like, Ford and Austin or whatever. Yeah, he says, Danny, I need Ben. Which potentially tells us that Ben is her dad right now. Yep. But, yeah, Danny definitely hears him say that they are there. So, he's going to be on his way. Um, Sawyer tackles him and yikes if I'm surprised like he gets knocked out later but I'm surprised he didn't get knocked out with his head 
hitting the ground that that hard. Like that was that was like stone. That's head trauma. The he he, he should be done. Yeah. Another head trauma. Like yeah. the way he hit the ground, I audibly went, "Oh!" I had like, to look in away. The episode, like it was bad. Yeah. So then Sawyer mentions the Wookiee prisoner gag, and on uh, Lostpedia, it said that um, it refers to Star Wars. Most yeah, most people already know this, but it refers to the trick Luke Skywalker and Han Solo used when they pretended Chewbacca was their prisoner in order to enter the prison of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else on Lostpedia mentioned that when Han and Luke use the Wookiee prisoner gag to break Princess Leia out of her cell, she's being held in detention block AA-23. And I was like, that's definitely not, like, that's definitely a coincidence. It is, it is, but I, I love it. Oh my god. But it's cool. That's a cool coincidence. So, um, every time Sawyer brings up Star Wars, I have to talk about, like, the discussion and the discourse on Sawyer and Star Wars, because I think he makes, like, three or four references to Star Wars throughout the series. Yeah, um, this was surprising. But then at some point, he also, like, someone else makes a Star Wars reference, and he's like, what are you talking about? So, um, yeah, at some point we'll get to the point where, or maybe it's already happened, girl, I don't remember, but but Sawyer goes back and forth on whether he's seen Star Wars or not, but it's really strange that he would not have when he knows who Underdog and Sheena are. Well, that's why I'm kind of like, did the writers just kind of forget that they said that Sawyer had seen Star Wars? They've done it so many times. I think that, I don't think it's already happened. I think it's in the future, but... Wasn't it him who also made a reference uh, in season two about the arm? About someone's arm, I think? Yeah, that might have been... I, he was with, when he was with Anna and Jin, I, 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 I right. think he makes a, a Star Wars reference there. Well, I remember him calling Jin uh, Chewy as well. Yeah, true. Yes. So that's definitely one. I think. So, like, I, what's the truth, Sawyer? I think that what happens, and I can't remember if it's happened or not already, but if it's in the future, we can talk about it. But I'm wondering if, like, when that happens, if someone makes a Star Wars reference. Like, I wonder if Sawyer has seen Star Wars, but then is like, what? I'm not a nerd. What What makes you think I would know what that is? Okay. It's funny that- <laughs> That would make sense. Or something. I don't know. Like, if he's just- Or, like, I don't know. That's basically just, like, a blooper that happens. It's like, I'm, I'm not a nerd, but I know- Like, I'm, I'm too cool to for Star Wars, but I know literally everything else about fandom. Everything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's an extremely Sawyer thing, guys. Yeah. All right, my friends, I went and I checked. So um, up to now in the series, Hurley has made one Star Wars reference and Sawyer has made five Star Wars references. Continuing in through the series, Hurley ends up making three more Star Wars references and Sawyer makes one more. Um, and then they have one more after that in which Hurley makes a Star Wars reference and then Sawyer either doesn't know what he's talking about or pretends to not know what he's talking about that's in season six so yeah i guess when we get there we'll have to figure out exactly what's going on there um because gee that's like almost 10 star wars references that sawyer has made and it's confusing that he wouldn't know what it is um that's a little bit too much of a mistake for it to have not been purposeful so Aldo won't talk about Carl, and so Kate threatens to shoot him in the knee. Evie in the Lost on Location said that she's really uncomfortable working with guns, especially that really big one. Like, um, in the Lost on Location, they showed her, like, really struggling with, like, loading that gun or, like, that thing where you, like, have to flip up the thing or whatever. And I also think that's, like, completely fair because, like, Evie, like us, was, like, raised in Alberta. Yeah. We don't use guns. The first, the only time that I really saw a gun was um, when it was attached to a police officer's hip. Yeah. So it would make sense that she was not comfortable with that. Yeah. 
So Jack might be bluffing um, just in general, but Kate is not. She no. says later she was not bluffing and she was ready to kill that guy. And he's in room 23, which also goes in with the Princess Leia thing that she was in like a room labeled 23 as well. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Um, <laughs> but she knocks him out anyway. And uh, that's our knockout counter for the episode. Sad. Yeah. We almost made it. Mm -hmm. So they get inside. They find Carl in room 23. He's being like brainwashed. Um, Sawyer almost also gets hypnotized, but they get Carl out of there and everything is fine. Of course it was Sawyer. He's like, what? Yeah, honestly, this scene freaks me out so much. Mm -hmm. It just, the way that, I mean, I know that what, you know, uh, what they're showing in the screen isn't really anything too, like scary, but seeing the images together, Mm -hmm. like, it's just really creepy. And then seeing Sawyer almost also get hypnotized, I didn't. I usually uh, look away in that scene. I can't. I can't do it. And then yeah. seeing Carl well, the way that he looks. Oh god. Yeah. No. Well, like even with Kate and Alex, they both kind of like stare at it for a second too. And like, oh, with the IV and like those glasses Ooh, that know. make his eyes look bigger, yeah. and so he even looks like like kind of inhuman. And it's really like, and the angle they use is also like really scary. And I have I have some thoughts on that uh, in a second. But uh, so you're basically like, hey, good one, Kate. But she was actually going to shoot him, and. I think the reason why is because it's not really about her safety right now. It's about Jack's safety. And um, if they get out of here, if they don't get out of here in an hour, then Jack will let Ben die, which like whatever, but then Jack gets in trouble. And so Kate needs to make sure that she gets like to the thing and like gets Jack out of trouble, basically. Like Jack's trying to get her out of trouble and she's trying to get Jack out of trouble at the same time. They're trying to save each other, basically. So there's some crazy mind control control stuff going on in here. He has glasses. He's hooked up to an IV. And this is um, the Ludovico technique from A Clockwork Orange. Um, I don't know if the Ludovico technique is from like outside of A Clockwork Orange and they just use it in A Clockwork Orange. But I went to the Clockwork Orange Wikipedia page and I got this information on the Ludovico technique, which this is not necessarily a direct rip off, but a direct homage to this. So this is what I got from um, the Clockwork Orange Wikipedia page about this. So after his fellow cellmates blame him for beating a troublesome cellmate to death, he has chosen to undergo an experimental behavior modification treatment called the Ludovico technique in exchange for having the remainder of his sentence commuted. The technique is a form of aversion therapy in which the character whose name is Alex (laughs) is injected with nausea inducing drugs while watching graphically violent films, eventually conditioning him to become severely ill at the mere thought of violence. Interesting. Interesting. It's really unclear exactly what they're trying to brainwash Carl to do. I don't think he's been in there for very long because if I remember correctly, he doesn't really have any lasting effects of what like I kind of wonder here. if they were doing I, anything to Carl. I think I think also uh, isn't this not also in a mother so didn't they have Walt in that room too? That's right, yeah. That's At right, some yeah. point and that was like recent. That's where Walt was being kept. That was very recent too. Yeah. I'm like was he just being kept in there or were they putting him through the stuff? Like I don't know, but But also like, Carl looks really messed up. So like yeah, and Walt seemed fine when, but the, and that's another thing is that like when Michael was there in like he was on the other island in three minutes, and they and Walt was there on the main island. So it's like I guess they moved him back. Wait, what? Well, like Walt, it was in room twenty three. Room twenty three is in the Hydra Island. Right. But when Michael was with them in three minutes oh, and right. Walt was brought in, that was on the main island. So it seems like what happened was they were like on the Hydra Island for a while with Lot with Walt in room twenty three. So ultimately, Michael had no chance of finding Walt 
Ever. Yeah, because he was never there. Really? That's insane. Then they came back to the main island to do the stuff that happens in three minutes. And I'm like, when did when did the stuff in the hunting party happen? I'm not sure. I guess they were on the main island for a while. Either way, <laughs> it's so okay. There's yeah. definitely some shaky logic going on yeah. here. And that's okay. That's just how it'd be sometimes. Yeah. Point is, Carl was probably there for like a week, maybe even even less. Yeah, I think I think it was like maybe three days that he was in there. Yeah, but like okay, so so I think maybe when Walt was in room twenty three, then there was like maybe two people there because we have a lot of the others are accounted for on the main island for a lot of the time during season two. So sure, <laughs> we'll just let them be there. Then they bring Walt back over to the main island to talk with Michael in three minutes. I assume they keep him there until we go to the pier and then they let Walt go. And then they take everybody back to Hydra Island after they grab everybody on the pier. And then that's where everybody is for like until now, I guess. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So back back in room 23, um, we get some backward speech and it says only fools are enslaved by time and space. Okay. Okay, Doctor Who. Let's go. (laughs) That's so So, strange. Like, what that quote? Why why would they pick that? Pick that? Well, that's also like it's in it's backwards, right? So you're like, okay, so that's definitely like a specific Easter egg. Mm -hmm. So my next question was like, why would Ben call for Carl to be here? And like, what is the accomplishment here? Like, what are they trying to brainwash him to do? In a Clockwork Orange, they're they're this guy is violent, and so they're trying to brainwash him to feel ill when he thinks about like doing violence or like in the face of violence and everything because they like give him nausea induced nausea inducing drugs Mm -hmm. so when he sees violence he feels ill so that's basically what they're doing there but I don't know what they're trying to get Carl's mind to do because I don't think he has any lasting effects on this I I do wonder if they were trying to dissuade him from being without that's what I was gonna say because it's not like he we know I mean it's not like he is anything wrong with him that we know of right yeah. Well, I wonder, I mean, we see those pictures of like those female dolls. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's, a, maybe you're right. Maybe it is about, about women. I, uh, like my actual for real theory is that they were just putting him in there to screw with him. Right. Like just, just to, to torture him with like no really underlying like agenda. Right. But. That's so messed up. Or maybe just like Ben being like, yeah, put him in there because like that's what happens when you disobey me or whatever. Exactly. And it's just unpleasant. That's what I'm saying. And he knows I'm in here because I disobeyed Ben, I guess. Yeah. So among the messages shown in room 23, we can read, we are the causes of our own suffering and God loves you as he loved Jacob. And those things seem like counterintuitive. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but we get a little bit more Jacob content. Jacob, we heard Jacob's name for the first time last episode. And this is like, again, we are hearing about Jacob. So um, we know that he is important. Another thing on Lastpedia, basically there's so much stuff about the stuff that happens in this episode on Room 23 on the Lostpedia page. So I recommend you check it out. But mm-hmm. here's some more things that I picked out. One of the video clips in Room 23 showed a slide with the words, God loves you just as he loved Jacob. When those frames are on the screen, the background shows a staircase, which may refer to the biblical story of Jacob's stairway to heaven. Hmm. A Room 23 video frame has the phrase, plant a good seed and you will joyfully gather fruit, which is from the Buddhist text uh, Dhammapala, um, which obviously sounds like Dharma. And um, other sayings also appear to resemble Buddhist precepts, such as the four noble truths. So, all right. Um, yeah, there's more like Bible Jacob stuff in the flashbacks, if you can believe it. Um, so we can talk about that then. I wonder who came up with all of this. Like, you know, their research they had to do just to yeah. see what to put in this little 
like PowerPoint thing. I don't know. It just like takes so much time. Right. Well, sometimes it's so detailed that I'm like, they have to have passed this off to somebody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Damon I must have been like, fair. this one's your job. Yeah. You put in as many Easter eggs as you can, you know? And it's like one person's job to do this entire thing. I know? think that's probably true. Yeah. I love that. Which is kind of cool. Cause like, I don't know if a lot of other shows would go to that like length these days. Yeah. They don't. Cause they, they just have to make TV so fast. Network TV. Yeah. Cable TV, they take their time. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know what? You'll get it when you'll get it. But when you get it, it'll, it'll be, be good. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Then I'll wait. Yeah. Um, so Sawyer gets mesmerized for a second. They get everybody out. In the Lost on Location, Evie said that they all wanted the music to be louder when they were shooting. But it like, because um, they wanted to like felt, feel how it was supposed feel, to feel yeah, and everything. Like, feel freaked out. Um, but she said it was, it felt more like a disco because it was just like music on a boombox <laughs> and like lights or whatever. But I'm also like, they needed your dialogue. So you can't be that mad. Oh, yeah. Um, so then they're like, okay, well, is he okay? And Sawyer's like, okay, I don't care if he's okay. Where's the boat? Like, we, <laughs> there's places we need to He's go. like, listen, I've done my good guy duty. Yeah. That I'm, at, I'm at my limit for today. Call me tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So after they've left, Danny finds Aldo and wakes him up. Um, Juliet shows up tells uh, and says to let them go because Ben said so, and Danny doesn't care, and so just keeps going. So Danny slaps Aldo awake like a slapstick movie. Like He's he just- extremely funny. His face is in the middle and he just like puts his hand on either side like slap, 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 which I (laughs) thought was ridiculous. Uh, Juliet shows up and tells Danny, who just is not into this. He's like, I keep getting messed around and I just want to kill Sawyer. Is that too much to ask? Yes. Danny doesn't believe that Ben even woke up. Like he thinks that Juliet is trying to trick him, which is another reason why, you know, it makes sense that Friendly and some of the other others would believe that Juliet would go against Ben like that. Yeah. Like a lot of people clearly had their doubts about Juliet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why. I mean, like what, she, what has she done already that everyone's like, hmm. Yeah. Like, I just, I just wonder how much everyone knows about her personal business, you know? Like, does everyone know that she's being kept here and that she was supposed to be here or be gone in six months? And, like, how much does everyone know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm guessing that everyone knows how obsessed Ben is with her. Right. That too. Well, we yeah. Well, we don't know that yet. My bad. We'll talk, we'll talk more about, like, Ben and Juliet's yeah. history in the spoiler okay. section. Okay. Yeah. No, but you're, you're right that there's, like, you know, Friendly says there's history and so... You have to be like, well, I don't think they were lovers. So what? there, there must have been something oh, going God, on. No. Exactly. So Danny thinks that Ben would rather die than let them go. And I don't think that Danny, like I said before, either Danny does not know Ben as well as he thinks he does. Or Danny is just saying things to, to further his agenda. Danny has brain damage. Yeah. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I've had brain damage. So I'm allowed to say that. Um, but I don't think Ben would rather die ever. No. You know, he would do anything to not die. So I think Ben would rather live at all costs. Yeah. Also, like, Danny being like, Ben wouldn't want to let these two go. I'm like, Ben doesn't need Sawyer and Kate. He needs Jack. Exactly. So I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, the reason why we have them is because we are using them to manipulate Jack, right? Jack has already been manipulated. He's in surgery and everything. We don't need these two anymore, which makes me think again that Danny's just saying stuff. I think Danny's saying stuff in order to make sure that he gets his revenge. Yeah. And so, you know, he he walks away to like go and kill them. And Juliet knows that she has to find a way to let them go. And so I think in this moment, Juliet already knows that she's going to have to kill Danny. Yeah, I think so too. You, Which you, is terrifying. Yeah, and you can see it in her face like before, before yeah. that scene ends. Yeah. She already knows like, ah, oh, crap, I'm going to have to commit murder now. <laughs> no big deal. But like here on this island... <laughs> Whatever. It's like who's yeah. gonna get mad at me? What what else is new? And Colleen is dead, so who's gonna be mad? 
Who? Well, uh, I'm not going to say spoilers. Never mind. True, 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 true. Um, so Jack gets back to operating, but Friendly is the only one available to help. He's not good with blood, so he's not the best assistant. Um, Jack accidentally nicks an artery and needs Friendly's help. So yeah, both Ivan and Juliet left, so Jack is the only medical personnel here. I don't know what Ivan's like specialties are because we don't get a lot about him, but he is the one who's in there with them. Like Jack, Julia, and Ivan are the three people who are in there. So obviously Ivan has something. Probably um, something very basic. Yeah. Ivan's a vet. I wonder if Ivan was in there like in maternity leave when we saw Claire inside the staff with Ethan. I wonder if he, if Ivan was one of the doctors in there. I wonder. Maybe. So Friendly has to be here because he's literally the only one available and he doesn't like blood, which... And he has to help, which is a parallel to Hurley in like, I think it was like- 103? Like yeah. 102, it was like pilot part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that parallels Hurley and Jack's like, oh, you don't like blood here. <laughs> and he shows him like the tissue and he just flaps it around like a fish, which- <laughs> He's such a dick. He's, he's such an asshole. <laughs> but I, I also like, I just love it so much because like- No, I love it. I like it. It it's shows- just- Yeah, it, it shows how um like- nonchalant jack is with this you know like mm-hmm. it's he's he's such a not a professional obviously because this is not professional behavior but like he's done this so many times that like this just doesn't bother him at all it also kind of i really love sassy jack like he's just so likable when he's like sort of at the end of his rope and just dealing with all of this shit. yeah i i've said it every uh, every episode this season i think but like when jack is being mean to lock i'm like jack shut up i hate you um, but when Jack is being mean to Ben, I'm like, serves you right. Yep. Go off, queen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Jack asks why Ben wasn't just taken off the island for treatment. And Friendly starts saying that like ever since the hatch explosion, um, earlier this season, they've been ta- talking about how their comms are down, their communications are down. So it makes sense that more things would be down and that, you know, a lot of things would be not as possible as they were before. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense, even though Friendly doesn't even finish his sentence. Um, and then Jack nicks an artery, but not on purpose this time. How the hell did that happen? Uh, probably because he was like waving a bunch of stuff around and being an asshole. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're making some very good yeah. points. Uh, so they get to the boat and they start putting Carl in it. They're going to escape, but Danny shows up and Juliet appears and shoots Danny. So they bring Carl and everybody to the outrigger and it feels like these sort of um, these sort of boats are like continue to be like important boats throughout the- Pretty common. Throughout the, the series. Um, Kate is really nice to Carl. We don't see it on screen because I think we just see Alex and, and Sawyer, but like Kate is like talking to Carl really nicely being like, hi buddy, can you stand? We're going to get in the boat now, buddy. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, so Sawyer has now put together that Alex is Ben's daughter. And we, we kind of talked about that already. And then Sawyer references Cheech and Chong. Carl is called Cheech by Sawyer. Um, Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong were a comedy duo who found a wide audience in the 1970s and 1980s for their stand-up routines, which were based upon the era's hippie, free love, and especially drug culture movements. I can't with him. Now this, this brings up some interesting questions. For why? Well, if Cheech and Chong exist in the lost canon... Oh god, I'm afraid. <laughs> then isn't Hurley a little confused that his dad looks exactly like Cheech Marin? Bye! <laughs> like, isn't that weird to him if Cheech and Chong are real? Wait, his dad is Cheech Marin. Yeah. It? Oh my god. So. Wait, but what if the actual secret plot of Lost is that Hurley's dad is Cheech? Oh and my god. And they never bring it up. They're like, David Reyes? No. <laughs> no, it's, no. That's, 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 um, his, uh, next life's name okay he was like he's like you know what i'm quitting the show business i'm taking on a new name my name is not cheech anymore it's david reyes it's david reyes how about that anyway i that's you know 
Uh, huh? Thanks. That's my full thought. That's so funny. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> uh okay so um oh the next thing is just that it's a great day for blake bashoff who plays um Sawyer, or plays carl who just gets like carried around by sawyer is sawyer available to carry me mode <laughs> just wondering um that should be me yeah exactly. I hate you he's guys. like and he's like so dramatically like basically unconscious like sawyer's so like i got it i guess i hate you guys so much I re- okay, so then the next moment, I really love this moment where Carl starts calling for Danny, and Sawyer's like, "I'm not Danny. I'm, I'm not Danny, Sawyer." <laughs> like Sawyer's he's like so earnest about it too. He's like, "No, it's me, Sawyer. Don't you remember we had a nice moment before? It's me, Sawyer." Um, it, he's he's so he looks so confused. It's so funny. I know that like this isn't like a direct parallel or anything, but it kind of reminds me at the end of I think it was what Kate what Kate did where um or what yeah what Kate did where Michael like is on the computer and it's like who is this and he's like oh I know the answer to this one it's Michael oh my god (laughs) so I think it's so funny that he's like no I'm not Danny I'm Sawyer I don't even look like Danny how dare you we don't even look alike like that's what he's offended at yeah but he's like no 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 Danny's behind you um and so Danny's gonna kill Sawyer but Juliet shows up and it's like what you wanted a you wanted a standoff oh y'all wanted a plot twist So Juliet kills Danny and it's like, okay, well now he's with Colleen, I guess. I, I love that scene so much. It's just unexpected, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's like, she doesn't, I really like that she doesn't really consider herself one of the others because she's so yeah. willing to just kill one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and she also, she doesn't even try to reason with him. Right. No, she just shows up and kills him, you know, which I think is crazy. As she should. Yeah. Well, cause I'm guessing she sees all of these people. Uh, as complicit in like right her capture yeah which is which is another reason like in i think 301 when like friendly like and everybody go and catch carl and they like smash carl up against the side of the cage and like have him apologize to sawyer or whatever i was like why is friendly being complicit in what's happening to carl and like aldo's being complicit in what's happening to carl he's 16 years old because ben said so I just like I hate that. Yeah, and also when all yes men. I think I was it last episode. I don't know when Danny is beating up Sawyer and Juliet is like stop. You know she said she has to tell him to stop. Yeah, I think it was last episode. Yeah, exactly. And he and he like is like okay if you want whatever. So <laughs> Danny gets killed in front of Alex and Carl, and they're probably like, well, Karma's a bitch, but. <laughs> whatever like like, but it's clear like they know each other you know like last episode when when alex is like where is he danny where is he you know she doesn't call him picket she calls him danny yeah you know so it's like i would have been interested to hear how you know carl and alex felt about like having seen danny get murdered right yeah i'm guessing since danny is also complicit they didn't really give a shit yeah yeah but i also always thought at least when watching this that uh danny was kind of ben's right hand because he had so much like power in a way like maybe like uh-huh. you know ben is not available so then danny would like be the second in command or whatever right. um so that makes it seem that alex has even a more of a relationship with danny yeah so the fact that she doesn't right. care and that she that he dies it's kind of funny to me that's even like more evidence as to danny you know just saying things to further his agenda rather than something that he actually believes is true about ben yeah. because mm-hmm. it's just like it's so far from true. So yeah. Um, in the Lost in Location, Stephen Williams said that Sawyer and Kate would not have been able to escape if it weren't for Alex and Juliet. And I was like, we love women. <laughs> we stand women. Yep. 
Thank you. So true. Thanks. So true, queens. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so um, Jack is struggling and Friendly is not being helpful. That's that full scene. Yeah. Jack needs help, but Friendly's an idiot. Like, basically. I'm like, step up, Friendly. But it kind of looks like he actually is going to, though. So I'm really proud of him for like, you know, I think that the stakes are high for Friendly as well, because like, this is Ben, you know? I do think Friendly wanted to help. <laughs> also, like, if Danny is dead and Ben is dead, who's the next in command? It's Friendly. <laughs> Friendly's like, I don't want to do that. Um, Mr. Friendly hates blood. And in the Lost in Location, MC Ganey was like, no, I don't want to be in the room. Thank you. <laughs> you can't blame him. So that kind of works out. Juliet says that everyone else can go, but Alex has to stay or Carl will still be in danger. Um, Alex goes to Carl and they say that they love each other and they'll be together again soon. And it's time to cry. I really love Carl and Alex. I remember... <laughs> Maria, we were talking about this like months ago when everyone was doing like those ship, t- like those tier lists oh, yeah. on lost ships. And Alex and Carl were like way up there for me. And you were like, huh? And I was like, is this an unpopular opinion? <laughs> I was. Look I was, at how they're so Romeo and Juliet. It's, I think they're so sweet. That, I, it's funny because I remember from your list that one that that one was the one that I was like, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting choice. Well, we were rewatching it last night, and I was like, I had like said that anecdote to Brittany and Sam, and Sam was like, No, no, I get it. Like we were watching it last night, and she was like, No, this is very romantic. It and is I was very like, romantic. I was like, Okay, good. But I think it is an unpopular unpopular opinion because uh, nobody. I, I mean, seeing those lists, I don't think anybody put them that high except for you. I was like, nobody's considering my kids. <laughs> I just don't think it occurs to anyone to pick those two when there's like all the other ships. Right. That's fair. Hey, Alice. Hey. I missed you. I know. I missed you too. You have to go away now. But I'll see you real soon. I love you. I have to go to sleep now. I, I think it's great that, you know, it's real lucky for them that they fell for the only other teen on this island. <laughs> so true. Like, they didn't have much choice. Exactly. Like, what if Alex was like, well, eh. I guess I'll settle for him. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So my next question is like, where did Carl come from? Um, we never find out, but he seems to be the only other teen. And um, I went through like lots of different things. And I went to like, there was a theories section on Lost PD about Carl and everything. So let's talk about it in the spoiler section. But I definitely want to talk more about Carl and his family and where he comes from and everything. Okay. okay. And I'm really excited to talk about it in the spoiler section. I'm really interested now. I never thought about it. Yeah, I have so much stuff. Um, and then they say that they love each other. And it's so sweet because they cut to Sawyer and Kate, who like, did just like do the do last episode but like clearly these children have a way healthier relationship than they do oh my god which is i just i love like them you know being fully able to just like tell each other that they love each other and then you cut to sawyer and kate and sawyer's like kate just implied that she loved me (laughs) he was like good enough Yeah. yeah they had such a struggle and then it's so easy for these other kids yeah um, so Jack is still struggling, but then he gets his call from Kate and she tells him the story that she was supposed to tell him. He tells her to never come back for him and she doesn't want to promise, but he hangs up on her and just fixes Ben. That was hilarious to me, to be honest. I think it's interesting, uh, Sawyer's face throughout that entire conversation. Mm-hmm. I think he, that's when, I mean, this is me saying things, but to me it seemed like, yeah, like you said, Sawyer and Kate just had this moment, like last episode, but I feel like when yeah. he hears Kate and Jack talk, 
and her saying the story that it's obviously very intimate. Right, um, right. It's the first time he's hearing it. Yeah. Right. And not only him, but like everyone else. Yeah. I yeah. think that he's realizing how much Jack truly means to Kate. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like they have obviously Sawyer and Kate are very attracted to each other and all that. But I think he doesn't, you know, he realizes that he doesn't have that. Their connection is not as strong as Kate and Jack's maybe. Right, and it's, it's on not a different emotional level. Exactly. Yeah, but and also, um, like he's not the only one who has this connection with Kate. Right. And I don't think that I don't think that either of these relationships are more manufactured than the other. Like Evangeline Lily was talking in the commentary for last episode about like how she really does love both of these men, but in different ways, you know. And and it's really um, like it's just compelling how it's so it's not. Um, so on the surface, you know, like they're both very, very deep, but they're so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I was l- thinking about Juliet also in that scene. She can't, I mean, she looks uncomfortable. <laughs> I think I would be too. Yeah. But also she kind of, I don't know if she by the, at this point has a crush on Jack or not, mm-hmm. but I think she also realizes the same thing as Sawyer. And, right. and I feel like also she might be thinking about like her own relationships, her relationship with Edmund and like very yeah. unhealthy relationships she's always had. You know, Ben yeah. Edmund, uh, I was going to say somebody else that I can't mention right now. Right. Yep. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I just have to grab something from my room real quick. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Go, you know, <clears throat> yeah. I want everyone to know that Robin's uh, headphones are being held up by a literal piece of paper towel. <laughs> so listen, uh, I had to get new headphones because a cat broke mine. And so I had to get new ones. And the smallest setting is still too big for my head, which is weird because I always thought my head was like kind of big. Um, but like, it's still too small. And so I was like, it's, it's so it's been kind of uncomfortable because like the tops of the headphones are like bending my ears down. Oh, basically, no. if that makes sense. And so basically what I did was I was like, I put my headphones exactly where I wanted them on my ears. And I just folded up a paper towel and put them underneath like the bridge of the headphone. Oh my and God. now they're the perfect, perfect size. Perfectly like hilarious. it's up high enough on her head. But I'm looking so at like, Robin. Yeah, there's a paper <laughs> towel on my head. Please, Brittany, please take a picture. She took one earlier, so she can send it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got it. You got it. Okay. Uh, anyway, going back in, uh, Jack has like blood on his mask, which I really like the continuity of that because at the end of last episode, we saw him like reach up and take the mask down off his face. And so um, Friendly's mask is clean because he like hasn't done anything but jack's mask like still has like the blood all over it which i i just liked that they remembered that basically the only thing that i could think of during the entire time that he was wearing the mask is when he would inhale and the mask would get sucked into his mouth and i was like (laughs) i know that feeling so well now yep okay so on lostpedia there was a lot about like ben's surgery and what is and isn't like accurate is it a lot? Brittany, can you can you tell anybody who doesn't listen to our Stranger Things podcast about the Um Actually segment? The Um Actually segment is my favorite segment because it's about people who go on to IMDb and point out the tiniest, pettiest little like inaccuracies mm-hmm. from the era. 
And it is the most annoying thing in the world, but it's also extremely Funny. entertaining because yeah. it's like fanboys who will like go and be like, well, that's the wrong model of rifle because the, it came out the next year. And I'm like, shut oh, up. the worst. Like you can, you can do that on like period shows because like, you know, things like my favorite one was from the, the latest Stranger Things episode. So it was the season two finale. Um, as we're recording, it's not out yet, but um, when this comes out, which is like two months in the future, it's definitely out. So go and check it and, and you can. <laughs> you can listen to it but my favorite one so far has been for that episode and someone said that the sunset on like november 5th 1984 or whatever was actually two hours earlier and um not at 7 p.m it was actually at 5 p.m and i was and like so i'm gonna the, bully I, the hell out of you i was like is this one. a joke <laughs> anyway so that was in our um actually segment so this is kind of like an um actually segment just about this surgery so it said the episode takes significant artistic license in the scenes surrounding ben's spinal surgery and you can do that because it's a tv show yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, okay yeah, 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 yeah. um but these are some of the things i was just gonna bring up like a couple of them but all of them were actually pretty good points so i decided to just grab them all okay so to diagnose a spinal tumor an MRI or CT scan is needed, not an x-ray. And if you even wanted to use an x-ray, you would need two different views, an AP and a lateral view. Um, and Jack only saw the AP one, so there wouldn't be any way for him to actually diagnose the tumor. I actually will say that's totally fair yeah. that you'd need CT rather than x-ray. I feel like that's pretty common knowledge at this point. Yeah. Maybe at this point, this is 2007, 2006. When Ben was on the opera operating table, he was anesthetized by Jack, who asked him to count back from 20. Um, ben wasn't intubated. Without intubation, Jack would not be able to monitor basic respiratory functions such as CO2 buildup and would have no method of ensuring prolonged sedation. Um, gaseous agents are used to continuously con are used continuously via secure airway. Further, Ben would not be able to breathe as the muscle relaxants effectively stop the diaphragm from moving. So to survive the surgery, he would have needed to be on, on some sort of positive controlled ventilation. Oh. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, again, this is actually quite fair. Yeah. Like, I know that they need him to talk and stuff, but he would have had to be intubated for him to actually, like, be able to breathe during this surgery. Ooh. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to allow this. Yeah. Um, the small incision in the kidney sac from last episode would not have had the effect that Jack claimed. Basically. <laughs> maybe, I feel what? Like maybe, really? Apparently. Maybe he was like, he knew this and he made it worse than it is on purpose. So to scare right. everybody. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's so funny. The, the one hour time limit is fictional. It's <laughs> the first <laughs> sentence of this one, which I think is just really funny. Um, the kidney does, does have receptors and nervous mechanisms for detecting and controlling blood pressure via negative feedback loops, but making a nick in the cortex of the kidney would not initiate any response in the blood pressure. This may have been a bluff on Jack's part. No one else at the station would have known any better. See? So, like, go. that's a good All point. All right. Okay, fair enough. But then, like, the fact that it's, like, beeping and everything, it's like, uh-oh, blood pressure, that that implies that the blood pressure actually did go up, which is fictional. Hmm. They all, and, like, Grey's Anatomy was on at this time. Yeah. They should have just popped on over over to Grey's Anatomy and be like, can we borrow one of your medical consultants? Yeah. Right? And I know for a fact that Grey's Anatomy has people, like actual medical people yes. that check the facts to, to make oh, sure. Oh, they would have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so lastly, um, there was not enough blood loss to affect blood pressure. Humans can lose up to 15% of blood volume before blood pressure even begins to 
to drop. Um, normal blood pressure is 120 over 80, but on the show, Ben's blood pressure drops to 60 um, systolic, which would be almost fatal. Oh my god! So basically, oh. the number the numbers on the screen also are not true. Okay, basically. But you know, if you're not like a doctor about all these things, then you might you're not, not know that, and it that. probably wouldn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So then Jack gets a phone call, and it's like not the best time to get a call. He did ask for the call, but it just just turned out to be just a bad time. He's like, um, I can't talk right now, actually. And Kate's like, you told me to call you. <laughs> Jack's like, so can you go get the the phone? And Friendly's like, well, I'm supposed to be holding this. <laughs> And Jack's like, yeah, could we potentially do both? Maybe? No. And Friendly's like, okay, here's the thing. I was told to always be holding this. You gave I got orders about a different thing. Like, I don't know which one to do. I'm going to do the job. He's so funny. So Juliet is letting them go. Um, and Kate still does not know her name. And so just uses the blonde woman, which kind of reminds me of, I think, last episode when Kate was talking about Ben and Sawyer didn't know who Ben was. So she tells the story and Friendly's like, is this the best time for a story? And Jack's like, shut up. I waited all day for this. <laughs> Let me hear my freaking story. So she tells the story and, you know, she talks about how he made a mistake. And of course, that is a direct parallel, especially because she's talking about it out loud, just like right now, which he just made a mistake. <laughs> and Friendly's like, this seems this prescient. seems important. So, you know, I don't know. I guess it just gives Jack strength in this moment. And um, something that I noticed last night when we were rewatching the episode, you guys, I like, I find something new in this show every single time I watch it. And I love that so much about this because last night I was like, wow, the beeps are at like a really specific note. It's mm -hmm. like, we all know what beeps mm -hmm. sound like. We know what the beeps sound like. But I noticed that I was like, wait, the beeps stopped while Kate is telling the story, but you don't notice because, okay, so the story is really important. And so we don't want to be having beeps in the background. Yeah. But you don't notice that the beeps are gone because Jacquino has the strings at the exact same note. <gasps> wow. What the hell? I know. I was like, I was, I was watching it and I was like, you don't even notice that the beeps are gone. No. Because the strings are at the same. Oh, it was great. That's very cool. It was great. And those are very annoying um, beeps. Because I remember... Yeah, oh, totally. Would ruin the story. I remember making making a... Yeah, it was a Juliet edit. And it was trying to get rid of the, the beeps mm -hmm. so, to use it like an intro. It was a pain. Yeah. It was a pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is the first time Stor uh, Sawyer's hearing the story. And he fixes his heart rate. It says um 108 for a second. So that was just like a little Easter egg about that. I need you to make me a promise, Kate. Jack. Promise me that you'll never come back here from me. Don't come back, Kate. Jack, where are you? Please. Jack! Jack, please, where are I think, like, genuinely, his plan is to now, like, leave the island, right? He doesn't want her to come back because he's not. she's not going to be coming back for anything because he will have left. And I think that he genuinely thinks that he will never see her again at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, when she came into his cell last episode to, like, ask him to do the surgery, he thought that was going to be the last time that he saw them then they get into the boat and kate gets in the boat before the water and carl's already in the boat but sawyer's entire bottom half is wet listen which he needs a he needs a he needs a bath anyway exactly yikes. yeah he stinks like his his feet must be so sloshy his poor shoes ew squashy ew sloshy ew like you know that feeling when your shoes are wet and your socks are wet inside your shoes your socks yeah disgusting yeah yeah. I wish that I wasn't like I feel like that happens all the time to them. Picturing this right now. Yeah. I would just not wear socks on the island. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So Juliet looks over at Alex as Sawyer and Kate and Carl paddle off. I feel like there's some sort of message here, but I'm not sure what it is. Maria, maybe you can think of something. But if I were to theorize, like not knowing what happens, Juliet looking over at Alex, oh. I'd be like, okay. Wait, what? Okay, she had a she had a lover that she had to leave behind at some point. Because she seems really emotional about it. And I'm like, is it because you just killed a man? Or like, are you like thinking about something in particular that you just saw? I'm not sure. Oh, you mean, you mean when they're like when Kate and Sawyer are leaving? Yeah, they're like leaving and they look o- and then like Juliet like looks over at Alex as she's like I... watching the love of her life go by or whatever. Like what what's Juliet thinking about? I have a I have a theory about what she's thinking about. I can't say it right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think my okay. but what I'm thinking about is doesn't have to do with a, with a like a past lover. It's something different. But I, I okay. but I do have a whole thing about what she's thinking about in that moment, so. Okay, great. I'm going to write this down to make sure that I don't miss it. Yes. See, cuz I thought in to- context it was like we're both prisoners. Oh, oh right like bad things are happening well, to both of us and it's yeah. because of your dad well yeah kind of like what i have to say if somewhere along along those lines so okay, okay perf make a note so that i don't forget to talk about that okay so juliet joins jack above the operating room he got the tumor out but they need to do more tests he asks what ben said to her to get her to do what he wanted um she doesn't want to say but he like demands to know so he says to do a biopsy to get more info about the tumor <laughs> it's funny they look down and ben's fully just like lying there I wonder if like that was a body double or if that actually was Michael Emerson. It really did look like his back, you know? Hmm. Um, So he's like, do I just go back to my cell? And she's like, they'll just like decide what happened. I like that she says they will decide rather than I will decide or like we will decide. She uses they. And Jack wants to know what Ben said to get Juliet to do his bidding. And he says that she owes him an answer. And from his perspective, I understand why he would feel that way. Um, because of all the things that he's been through and everything, but, uh, you, she doesn't owe you anything. Thank you. Right. I was like, that's private. (laughs) Yeah. I fully, like, I fully get it. Like, I understand exactly where he's coming from, but also, no, she doesn't have to tell you that. She she doesn't have to tell you anything. Okay. It's not, it's it's just not his business. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, so Juliet says that she's lived here for over three years and Ben said that she could finally go home and she like runs off. So she says that she's been here for three years, two months and 28 days. Um, which means that she arrived on September 5th, 2001. That's six days before 9-11. Ooh. Oh my God. It also says it's within a few months of Desmond's arrival because he's also been here for three years. It's also four days before my birthday. Well, <laughs> there you go. I love that for you. That that feels like it worked out. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, this show is not about 9-11. So they're like, look, we're not going to talk about 9-11. Yeah. I, th- I really like this scene. It's, I, I think when, it's very shocking because, I mean, we haven't talked about the flashbacks, but we know that she's only supposed to be there six months. Yeah. yeah. And then she suddenly says three years. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Like something, it's right, not, yeah. like, like something wrong is going on here. Mm-hmm. And she's clearly upset yeah. about it. Right. Like before this reveal, I wonder like, you know, when we get that transition from like her crying to her, like being a badass going to the security cameras, I'm like, if I'm watching for the first time, I'm thinking, geez, like something happened in six months. I w- or And also like- In six months. And also like, when are her six months up? Or is she almost done? Right. How long has she been here? Yeah, I agree. What did he say? I'm sorry? Ben. What did he say that made you want to save his life? It doesn't really matter what he said. It matters to me. After everything that I have been put through, you owe me an answer. I want to know what he said. I've been on this island for three years, Jack. Three years, two months, 
and 28 days. He said that if I let him live, and I helped you, that he would finally let me go home. Uh, a good point that Brittany made last night was that Jack is now learning that she's also a prisoner. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a prisoner and she's also a prisoner. They have a lot in common. And that makes her more trustworthy to him as well. Yeah, and we, they, I, yeah. yeah, they relate to each other. Yeah, and we see that eventually. Just, like, mm -hmm. how quickly he comes to, like, trust her. Yeah. And, you know, he's, like sometimes the only person who trusts her and we get that because he's he's seen more of her and seen more reasons to trust her than everybody else oh yeah and i, I this is something that i talk about a lot and it's uh, how much i appreciate jack and juliet's friendship at least this season uh a bit mm -hmm. next season too uh, um because he really is the first one to just tr like it's the first time she kind of feels like she has someone on her side yeah to protect her and and to, i don't want to give spoilers but you know what i mean yeah yeah and this is like all that she's wanted this entire time i truly believe that ben has been holding it over her head for three years and this was like the ultimate thing that he could do to get her to do something and i think he's been waiting for this exact moment to finally use this because because it's about his life Yep. Mm -hmm. And he's like waiting for something that he wants Juliet to do so that he can finally use this like final chess piece that he has. And this was it. And it doesn't matter ever that he's like lost her allegiance before now. Because obviously like, you know, he's learning that she asked for him to be killed and etc. So we obviously know that, you know, I mean, Friendly says they have, they've got history. It doesn't matter to him that she doesn't like him and that, you know, they've lost, he's lost her allegiance because he always had this piece to fall back on he always had this last thing that he could hold over her head he also he almost loses her allegiance at some point oh, i just oh, you know what i'm gonna talk about this in the spoiler section let me, let me write it okay down. Mm -hmm. um but that is uh that's the island storyline so other than spoilers um is there anything we want to add to the island storyline before we go into flashbacks mm -mm. i don't think so Okay, before we move on to the flashbacks, Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? Sure, Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Tell me more! So, like, if we're one of your favorite creators, which would be, like, super cute. <laughs> you can join our Patreon starting at a dollar a month, which will help us pay for all of our hosting fees, because we have five podcasts and this is expensive. Cool! And, uh, what do you get if you help out with five dollars or more a month? You get, first of all, you get the podcast early, like by at least a day. And you get 10% off at shopdeluxe.com, which is where Rob and I make stuff. What do you make? I make uh, resin home decor. And um, I also make phantom inspired stickers now because uh -huh. that's fun for me. Yeah. And Robin makes phantom inspired embroidery. I now have four lost designs available. I did lock and Sawyer and Kate and Julian. Mm -hmm. So you guys should go and check it out. Maria. Yes. As a Patreon patron, what makes it worth it for you? Oh my god. I think in general just helping you guys. You know, the like yeah, the the, the perks are a, a plus, but I it's just about That is so you know, nice. helping you guys be able to make this content. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's also, nice. I can I can say that also I can say that I have uh, things from you guys from both the, the the things that you do and they're amazing and you guys should definitely check it out. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So, oh, and if you can't help us out on Patreon, Shopee Lux is a really great way to help us. Um, but if you can't do that either, that's okay. 
Recommend us to a friend. Yeah. That'd be great. Remember, this Lost podcast is spoiler free. As much, Well, we try our best. For the most part. <laughs> so <laughs> if, uh, if somebody is watching it for the first time, you know, when people say that it's confusing and I'm just like, not if you pay attention, but also I can also just like tell you everything that you're supposed to be paying attention to on this podcast if yeah. you want. Yeah. So yeah, that would be great. I remember we have four other podcasts that we will talk about in the outro and you can recommend your friend, uh, that one, those to your friends as well. Haha, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to move on to the, to the flashbacks here. Oh, okay. I'm excited. A completely different Juliet is available to us at this time. I'm really excited to talk about the flashbacks. Me too. Okay, so Juliet cries on a beach and heads back inside. Oh, same. Relatable queen. Question. You think she's on the island, especially... Right. Oh, go ahead. No, that's what I was going to say. Because mm-hmm. it, it, that's a point, right? Like, for you to think that she's sitting on the beach. Like, that she, after, sure. after Alex and, and Kate and whatever left... She's like, stay there, <laughs> sat there and stay there. Right. And like, um, even though this is like the beginning of the episode, like you think, okay, I see Ethan. So we're definitely still on the island. You just assume that Rachel is on the island with her okay. until the end of this scene when she like exactly. says it's Miami. So yeah, you, you think she's on the island, especially when you see Ethan, but it turns out she's in Miami at her sister's apartment. Um, Rachel has cancer and Juliet administers an injection into her stomach. Um, she wants Rachel to move in with her, but Rachel likes living where she lives, so. Okay, Juliet cries on the beach. Why cry? Just because her life is sad? Yeah. And her sister has cancer and she's dying. I think so. Yeah, yeah for sure. And her ex-husband sucks. Yeah. And she's trying all her she's trying her best to make it work, but she's- She's not having a good time. Yeah, it's a, it's a rough life, Charlie Brown. So yeah, we get a fake out. It's not the island, it's Miami. Um, But, like, they're, they're trying to fake you out even more because as she's walking down the hallway, you've got these flickering lights and they make the same sounds as the staff and then- Ethan is there, who is also at the staff, so, like, they're definitely trying to get you to think that you're in the staff or somewhere on the yeah. island. You're, like, at least in a flashback on island. Yeah. yeah, it's a really cool reveal when she opens the curtains. Well, she says yes. Miami before opening them, but still, it's, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing is that, like, you you just see her on a beach, and so there's no way for you to know if it's in the past or in the, in the present, other than the fact that her hair is curly, which it usually isn't on the island. So then them showing Ethan immediately automatically shows you, okay, we're in a flashback, and then we can move on, you know? Yeah. So she was just going to, like, administer the shot to Rachel while she was sleeping, which seems rough. Um, she slept with the candles on, which isn't candles on. Candles lit. <laughs> no, she slept with the candles on. She's probably exhausted, just, like, constantly. I, I can't even imagine imagine um she has a yin yang lamp which like light and dark and Mm -hmm. like yin yang has a lot of different um themes in common with a lot of the themes on on lost yeah so julia is scared and rachel asks if she's scared that it won't work or that he'll find out and she's talking about edmund but of course since we're still on the island since we think we're on the island we think she's talking about ben this scene was so close to passing the bechdel test i know the last second Rachel had to go on yeah. mention Ed. Yeah. Because what's a conversation without a man? Right? <laughs> a good one? No. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets her shot in her stomach, just like Claire did. And this is actually likely the same medicine that was given to Claire in maternity leave. Like, it's likely the exact same thing. That's crazy. But isn't this whole thing that uh, Julia's giving Rachel to, like, get her pregnant? Yeah, I think that um, you're right. Like, potentially it's different because, um, like, we see later the 26-year-old woman who's, like, womb has aged a lot is like somebody who like that's what happens on the island to people and so like maybe she's like that's something that she has like made to try and stop that from happening and so they were trying to do that to claire i guess 
Um, so on Lostpedia, it said, uh, Rachel is treated for fertility problems and shares her name with the biblical character, Rachel, who also had fertility problems. And Rachel was the favored wife of Jacob. Yep. Oh my yep. God. I, I remember that So story. there you go. Yep. So this is Juliet and Rachel, their sisters. Who, so you're going to name your kids, Juliet and Rachel. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm trying to remember because I think we do... Well, I know that we do get a flashback, we do. a very short flashback of them as kids. And I think Rachel is older. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So Rachel's older. So they named their first kid Rachel and then they decided to name the second one Juliet. And I'm just like, how does Rachel and Juliet go together? And so I was like, maybe it's both book things. Maybe Rachel's from the Bible and Juliet is from Shakespeare mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. But I was like, maybe they wanted to name Rachel Romeo and <laughs> <laughs> Romeo. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're just really, I think they're common names. Yeah. At least Rachel is. Yeah. Oh, for sure. My cousin's name is Rachel. My, my cousins, like every single, there's, there's, I have four cousins. I think I mentioned this last time Aaron was on the podcast, but my cousin Aaron, but I have these four cousins and three of them have characters that are, have lost characters names. It's um, like, they're very common names. Yeah. But except for my cousin, Caitlin, there is not a Caitlin on Lost. That's interesting. Dear Damon Lindelof, retroactively four make there y. be a Caitlin on Lost. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I feel terrible for Rachel because she has to do this constantly. She has to have these injections all the time. And God, it looks like it hurts so bad. Yeah, that does not look good. I have to look away. Yeah, I have a big soft spot for Rachel. She's one of my favorite uh, favorite secondary characters. Yeah. I just, um, I like her a lot. And it has to, I mean, with another episode that we see eventually, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. It, it My heart breaks for her. And I, I can talk about this later, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also, I think that the woman who plays Rachel is so good. Yeah. yeah. So that's like definitely part of it. So Juliet wants her to move in with her so that they can be together. Um, Rachel says that she likes living on the beach. Um, I also live on the beach, but we probably don't like it for different reasons. Yeah, I can confirm that I like living on the beach. Yeah. So then we finally get the reveal that they're not on the island. Um, if... Rachel were on the island, we would be able to, like, I think there's a parallel anyway, but there would be a clearer parallel at the fact that they, both Rachel and Ben had cancer on the island. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, there's, like, what that means. I think there's a, again, this has, this has to do with what I want to talk about later. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so then there's a plane that lands right beside them, and it is an oceanic plane, but on um, on Lostpedia it said, contrary to the opening shot of Juliet's flashback, there are no sandy beaches across from the section of the Miami skyline shown from Rachel's room, and a plane would not be flying that low in that part of downtown Miami. <laughs> yep. And I was that like, that's actually, fair, that's that, fair. That freaked me out when, like, the plane came through. I was like, that doesn't seem right yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah, that's, like, way too, like, close to them. Like, They're like, low. look, a plane, right? The show? Planes, right? It's like, probably not necessary. Like, I liked in, in season two when, like, Anna would open the the curtains and we would see, like, the Sydney Marina, you know, and you'd see, like, the opera house and everything. Like, that was enough. Yeah. Just, just it being in, like a like, a downtown, a city downtown was enough. We didn't need a giant plane in it. So Juliet goes to her research lab. She gets a call to confirm an appointment and she goes inside to steal some more medication for Rachel. Her terrible ex-husband and also seemingly her boss comes in to have a nightly escapade with his new research assistant. Um, Juliet hides, but her phone goes off. So she has to like suck it up and talk to them. And it's also worse because she's like crawling on the floor. Mm-hmm. So right, I, she's like, oh, hello. Yeah, it's like, I feel, 
cringy and like secondhand embarrassment, you know? For sure. So it's Miami Central University Medical Research Laboratory. So that's just six large words. That's a um, long name. Uh, in <laughs> On Lostpedia, it said that in Juliet's flashback, um, several years before 2006, she carries a handbag from the 2006 J. Crew collection. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so that's just... Um, actually... Um, actually, her hair is so curly in her flashbacks. It really feels like the closer to the others that she gets, like the straighter her hair gets, Mm -hmm. which I think is like a really cool indication of like how she's feeling or like, because, um, later, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that like later she gets to the point where she's not really living with the others anymore and her hair starts getting curlier again. So I feel like that sort of like correlates like how, I don't know how close she is with the others or something like that. I'm not sure, but I like that a lot. It feels like how... The, the amount of curly her hair is, is like a thing. Yeah. It feels like. That's what I noticed yesterday. I was like, why is her hair so vastly different other than trying to say like, this is a flashback. Right. Where do the curls go? How does she have time to straighten her hair? Like every every day, you know, when she's mm-hmm. with the others? When she's yeah. so busy. God, wow. Like it kind of, it reminded me of like something that happens on Riverdale, which is like Betty is always wearing a ponytail and the lower her ponytail is, like that's how, like an indication of her mood. So if her, what? like, she has a, a high ponytail, it means that she's, like, really, like, happy. But, like, the lower it gets, the, mm-hmm. like, the sadder she is, you can tell. Oh, my God. Yeah. And sometimes she has her hair down and you're like, oh, it's real bad <laughs> now. <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> so she has a restricted access card and the lab number is A4. So that's a number. That's a number. And she has security level five. So she's kind of, she's kind of a big deal. I would say so. Um, she gets a call from Diana to confirm her appointment with Middleos Bioscience. And now I'm like, is Diana an other? Or who's Diana? Ooh, wait, maybe? Who's calling? She could be working for them not knowing. Right. I don't know if I could, I don't know how to say this without spoiling everything. Right, because it seems like, it seems like they have some sort of office or something outside off yeah like off the island right yeah Yeah. those people are not necessarily kept in the loop of what's happening on the island yeah okay so um i went on to are we on the same page right now (laughs) yeah we are i I love this vague blogging (laughs) (laughs) i looked up diana on lostpedia and um she has a lostpedia page because lostpedia is incredible and iconic and yeah it says it's possible she's a member of the others although which employees of middle east bioscience bioscience know about the island is unknown i'm like do you have any trivia or anything for me i think it's i think it's very possible that she has like works for these people but has no idea mm, but also we yeah. know that that we know that uh middle what's the name middle toes middle okay we know that it doesn't exist so does she know? it doesn't it's and it's also an anagram which this show loves to do i was just gonna ask what does that mean um it's an anagram for lost time oh my god, oh my god. wow um, so my question so is, does she, pro- I mean, now that I think about it, she, 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 like, is she working for a place that doesn't exist? Like, does she know that it doesn't exist? That's the question. Like, I don't know. I'm like, is she Juliet's, like, uh, no, I don't think that's true. I was going to say, is she, like, Juliet's assistant who's just, like, making sure she knows where she's supposed to be? But I don't think she has one. And she talk. she doesn't talk to her in a very, like, form, she talks to her in a really formal way. So, yeah. Who's to say? Yeah, no, because she says she's from that place. Yeah, it's true. She does. Okay, well, who's to say? Diana, theories. Um, so she's supposed to be meeting Mr. Alpert at two o'clock. And as soon as she turns off her phone, like, I know what happened. So I'm like, girl, turn off your ringtone. Turn off your <laughs> ringtone now. While you have your phone out, turn it off. So true. 
Um, so she goes to steal the medication for Rachel and Laspedia had a thing about it. Um, it says on the thing that it's RX only, which means that you can only get it with a prescription. Okay. So Edmund brings in his new girlfriend and they start making out in the lab. Come on. Like it's so gross. Ugh. Her, her phone goes off. Who was it? Who was on the phone? Who, we will never know. Yeah, I want. I, I oh, really yeah. want to know. Like, who? I want to know that so badly yeah. for like no reason. Like, who the hell is calling Here's, her at that time? And also, yeah. what a timing. Well, like you know, there's. It's clearly. It's like some sort of magic island stuff is happening in these flashbacks, obviously, but. I was like, okay, so maybe it's island magic that had happened at that exact time, but I don't know how that would be like, how this is important that she like gets caught or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So he asks her what she's doing and she actually gives like a pretty good excuse, but then he's like, well, here, let me poke some holes in that. And she's like, okay, you got me. It seems like he totally sees through her. And then later he like mentions that he knows what she's been doing. I wanted to give a shout out to Sherry who just wants to be introduced. Like she, (laughs) she doesn't know, you know, I feel bad for her because it's clear she doesn't like know what Edmund's doing and you know, she's being manipulated by like, it's an HR issue that she's like doing this with like her boss. And, you know, she seems nice, you know, she's like, I'd like to be introduced, please. I'm not just standing here like a mannequin. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm also like thinking, you know, in the Long Pond Studios on what Taylor Swift did go. for, for <laughs> she was talking like when she was singing August, she was saying that like, Ugh. you know, you always think when there's like some sort of love triangle that the the other woman is this, the other woman, haha, <laughs> wink. That's, that's the name of an episode later. But, you know, you always think she's like this evil girl, but in reality, like, you know, she has her own- She's just a person. Thoughts and experiences yeah. and and everything like that. So I just like, I was thinking, like, I was just thinking about Sherry and I, I hope she's okay. I just want to say August is the best song of folklore. That's all. I like August. My favorite song is, I I really like Cardigan. I do too. Yeah. I mean, God, that, that entire <laughs> album really. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, anyway. Hey, listeners, check it out. <laughs> so we recorded this at the beginning of December. Can you believe these idiots? They don't even know that Evermore is coming. And who's to say in between me editing this and this coming out that there isn't a third Taylor Swift album coming out. Either way, I just wanted to say that my favorite song on Evermore is constantly changing. Um, But it's probably... Oh, Never mind. I came on here trying to tell you, but I don't know. I think my top three are Willow, Ivy, and Tis the Damn Season. So take from that what you will. Uh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, they uh, she used to be married to Edmund. I, I like this because last episode's flashbacks were about Kate's marriage. And now this episode's about Juliet's marriage. Um, and both of them are over. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so Juliet... He, over in very different ways. Exactly. Very true. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I, I usually forget that uh, Juliet was even married. Yeah. Same. Like, I just, I'm wondering about them so much because, like, you know, we see Kate and Kevin and we see them happy, you know, so you understand how, like, they were in love and everything. Yeah. And, and everything. But, like, when we when we see here, Juliet would never marry somebody, like, knowing Juliet, she would never marry somebody that she didn't love, you know? So I'm just like, mm. what world did they live in in which Juliet and Edmund, like, really were in love and, like, really got married for for the reason because they were in love. And exactly. I'm like, I just don't see it. I, I, I have a theory about this. Okay. I can't say it right <laughs> Okay. It's like every, every time. <laughs> okay, and that's okay. that on that. Yeah. Every time I have a thought, it's like, I can't say it right now. 
Yeah, okay. So I hate this moment because he's literally like, okay, well, anyway, now that we have this conversation, um, Juliet's leaving. Oh. And I'm like, well, she wants, I'm like, she already wants to leave. Like, yeah. just let her like, leave because she wants to leave. Stop but, being rude. No, and when he says, when he tells her to turn up, turn up the lights, mm -hmm. that's like the last straw. Like, it's so bad. Yeah. Yep. And, like, she's like, whatever, I already stole my thing, so I guess I'll go. you like, bye, thanks for letting me get away with it, dummy. I'm sorry, but it seems like a really cold place to, like, do stuff. Like, why would you want to, it, it, this is a lab. Also, it's like a lab that, like, should, this has to, this place has to be sterile. Exactly. There's just a lot of issues with this. Oh, another thing that I wanted to bring up, Ed calls her Jules. And I think mm -hmm. Tom also calls her Jules sometimes. No, Tom. Yes, yes, and also no. Tom calls her Julie. Yeah, right. Okay, so I have, a, I have. A, oh, here we go. Okay, I have. A and I think Danny calls her Jules. I can't remember. I have a theory that she hates those nicknames. Uh -huh. Like it's a, it's a like a headcanon of mine. Um, because uh -huh. in the in three hundred one, we when she's at the first scene, like at the book club, the guy yeah. was like talking about, oh, Ben wouldn't like this book. He calls her. Oh, he calls her Jules. Julie, I think. Okay. And then Danny calls her Jules, and mm -hmm. Edmund calls her both, I think, uh, right. it, uh, throughout the episode. This episode, Tom called her Julie. Okay. And I, I noticed that uh, Edmund calls her both as well. So I think she has, uh -huh. like, a bad, uh, like, every time, like, she does the, pe the people who use this nickname from her, she doesn't like them. You know, I feel like she has a bad... Uh, right, and like, yep. or they're, like, patronizing her. Right, exactly. Right, that's a good point, because I was like, do the people who use Jules, like, is this, like, a romantic thing? Because I noticed that Ed did it, and I was like, maybe Julie is, like, a friend thing or whatever. But, yeah, good point. Like, people are using both. And, you know, and when she introduces herself to Jack, she doesn't say, hi, I'm Julie, or hi, I'm Jules. Right. She says, my name is Juliet, so use Juliet. And you know who never calls her Julie or Jules? At people. Yep. People use nicknames, like, without permission. All who? Rachel? No. I, S word. I can't oh yeah, yeah. Never, yeah. ever. So I, I feel like. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's why I, I always think that she has a like a negative uh, connection to those nicknames, and she doesn't like them. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna pay attention to this going forward. Yeah. Is like what people call her. Okay, actually, I don't know if Rachel calls her Jules or Julie. Yeah, I don't remember. And the flashback that you mentioned with her with them as kids, I I don't remember if they call her. Oh yeah, what her parents say. No, they say Juliet. I remember because um, you don't know who they are, and then like you don't like you don't know who the kids are until okay. the parents say Juliet or whatever. So okay. okay, so Juliet sits doing research the next day. Sherry tells her that Edmund wants to see her in his office, um, so she's just sitting doing her thing, and it's Sherry, and she's the new assistant, which like of course she is. And Juliet's like, uh huh, <laughs> this makes sense. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Great. Okay, great. So Edmund tells Juliet that he's figured out what she's trying to do. He thinks that she's testing a new theory on her sister, Rachel, which is true. I mean, she, he, he, was um, he tells her that they can work together on it or he'll go to the police, basically. And he tells her to think about it. He's genuinely threatening her in this in this scene. Yep. This scene, in this scene, you can really see how submissive she was. Yes. In fact, the scene starts with a shot of her, uh, her hands and she's like yes. fidgeting with, with her hands. Mm-hmm. And she's clearly nervous, and she doesn't like being around him. And now he's, like, manipulating her and, and, and controlling her, really. Yeah. So his name is Edmund Burke, and that's the name of a philosopher, just like um, John Locke. So 
Many, oh. many characters have had, have like last names named after philosophers and scientists. So for example, Hume is, is like a big one, yeah, like yeah. Um, David Hume. And I think Faraday. Desmond's middle name is David. Yeah. And then Faraday we have later, we have Hawking later and you know, etc. Um, But we don't usually get people whose like full name is like a philosopher. Yeah. So like John Locke Other is one. Yeah, and then Edmund Burke. I wonder why him. He's not that important. Yeah. I'm like, I already knew that Juliet Burke, like Burke, she was named after a philosopher, you know, like he Hume Burke. That yeah, was hers. Yeah, yeah. So we, I didn't need to be slapped in the face with <laughs> exactly who she was named after. With. <laughs> Another. <laughs> but he was the the founder of modern conservatism. Oh. So oh wow. wow. What a dick. Okay. So my next question is, why does she still use his last name? We've, we find out later that her original last name is Carlson. Carlson. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that it's because she's already a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was her professional name. And she probably has published... Right, exactly. So you're not really going to change that, I don't think. Right, like for a second, like I don't think she's this calculating, especially not in the flashbacks. But I was like, oh, like he's Dr. Burke and his, um, his, uh like uh reputation is so good that maybe she also wanted to be dr burke and you know that was like part of like using his reputation but now that i'm thinking about it like that's not her you know yeah no and I, yeah so he says that he knows what she's doing he saw her notes and he knows what she's stealing but she does but he doesn't know who she's doing it on she still calls him ed like he calls her jewels I wonder if he likes being called Ed. They have an odd relationship. Yeah, I... I, If she doesn't like being called Jules, I wonder if he likes being called Ed. I want to know. Like, I want to know so much about the relationship. Like, how how long ago did did they get divorced? How long were they they married? Like, I... Exactly. Yeah. Like, if they're still working together, it makes me think that maybe it was reasoned. Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that they obviously didn't have a happy marriage. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or at least it certainly didn't end happy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, He knows that it's her sister because he, I assume, has like been to Christmases and like (laughs) Thanksgivings with her sister and everything. He knows that Rachel has... Um, cancer and later when Juliet tells him that Rachel like is pregnant um, she doesn't say my sister is pregnant she says Rachel because he knows who Rachel is yeah it's shorthand yeah so he says either this works out and we work together or it doesn't and we've got an ethical issue so either let me in or I'll give you up to the cops basically he's saying in like nicer words he's so awful look Jules there's two ways this plays out one is your research is potentially genius and the other it raises some very serious ethical questions maybe even criminal concerns but if you collaborate with me based on my reputation all this is viewed as cutting-edge science and we will win prizes and drink champagne and do a lot of good for people. But she doesn't want clout. She just wants a baby for Rachel. Exactly. Know? She um, just wants to make Rachel happy. And she looks like she's going to cry because she's being threatened under the table, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, exciting. Juliet <laughs> goes to her appointment and meets Richard Albert. Yes! Oh my God. <laughs> trying to convince her to come to Portland to work for Middle East Bioscience. Um, she doesn't understand why she's so special. Rachel, Richard explains how cool she is. And he shows her some photos of a 26-year-old woman with a messed up womb and tells her that she can come and figure out what happened to her. Um, she says that Edmund wouldn't let her go unless he got hit by a bus. And then she feels inadequate and leaves. I, look, hey. I, I, got so, I get so happy when I see, when I see Richard. I 
love him so much. He's so underrated. It's been so long. What? I agree. Yeah. Oh, I just, it's been so long since I've seen him because we, we haven't seen him up to now. Yeah. yeah. We're almost halfway through the entire series and it's weird to think that Richard has only been in like the back half. That's of the so series. weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to talk about the pictures that he shows. Sure. They're so fake. How did she not notice? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, they're, they're, they're like Google images, like from open houses. Oh, they're like so photoshopped. Yeah. No, it's it's really funny because I, that that's a, an immediate red flag. Like these are not real. Yeah, for sure. People, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I know they all look happy, but they really are that happy. I'm like, the dolls look happy. <laughs> <laughs> and also the the scans that he shows. I wonder mm-hmm. if he. I mean, you, uh, Robbie, you mentioned this um, that it's this is what happens to the woman on the island. But yeah. I wonder who this person is. That, that did he like? Is this a woman who was actually on the island and died? Did he get this scans somewhere else? Like, are they fake? That's what I asked. So too. on Lostpedia, um, she doesn't have a name. So if you click on it, like in the in like if you go to the page for the episode, um, she has like a page, and so the page is just called twenty six-year-old woman and she's listed with a couple of other women who have been pregnant on the island and died so i i think that they're supposed to be real okay okay because i mean the pictures were fake i was like maybe the scans are fake too right um i think that (laughs) juliet should have been able to tell that those pictures were fake because yikes (laughs) um but like i think if the scans were fake well fake as in not not that they're not real but that they're like from off the island right, or whatever right, like right. Juliet would have been able to tell if they were like actually like fake fake exactly yeah exactly I, I think also it's very sorry it's it's just very interesting that um she's Juliet is just very smart you know she mm-hmm. impregnated a male field mouse mm-hmm. and that's never brought up again but I think it's crazy like Juliet also why did you do that but <laughs> scientists <laughs> to see if she could science people are kind of yeah. weird mm-hmm. yeah speaking of science people and mice let's talk about that in the spoiler section oh am God. I right ladies oh my God, okay, okay. <laughs> so um, we meet Richard Alpert. Here he is, Guyliner himself. He's everything. And he talks about Middle Oast Bioscience, how it's like just outside of Portland. Yeah, Middle Oast is an anagram for lost time. This show really does anagrams a lot. So hmm, let's remember that. That might be more important. That's that crucial. That might be important later this season. Okay, okay, okay. Another big anagram that they did, like... <laughs> Ethan? Shows up this episode, Ethan Rom, there we go. who is Mr. Other Man himself. But, um, so I feel like that's kind of, like, for the people who are, like, in on the fact that Ethan is other man, like, maybe that could be a tip-off that Middle Oast might be an anagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, all these people look super photoshopped in. Uh, he talks about how they're privately funded so they can do whatever they want and they do lots of fun activities. <laughs> like, do you, though? He's like, we do so much research on the people that we are uh, asking to come in um, and we know that you like river rafting, so would you like to come? <laughs> I wonder how many times he rehearsed this. Like, he had to yeah. make a whole speech that it's not, like, it's fake. Mm-hmm. I think it's really funny. That he's talking yeah. about this and it's like not real. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, Portland is like really far away from Miami and she says she's really flattered, but like, why would you choose her? And then they talk about the male field mouse and how he didn't carry to term, just like the women on the island never do. It's just such a weird thing to do. Um, so they show the picture of the womb. It's She thinks that the woman is in her late 70s, but she's actually 26 and we need somebody to figure out what's up. I really like this uh, This moment like shout out to the um director of photography for this where they stand in front of the projection you get the Mm -hmm. lights on their faces i think that's really cool it's really beautiful Mm -hmm. it's a very cool shot really cool um they want her to lead a team and you know she's like oh i'm not a leader and then of course we see her on the island and she really is a leader she's a leader 
Um, she says that Edmund would never let her go, like, especially now that she's part of, like, this opportunity that would bring him lots of power and clout. Um, there's no way that he would ever let her go. Um, but he would have to give the okay because he's threatening her and he doesn't want her to have nice things. Oh, so. God. It's, it's crazy how they're divorced and he still has this mm-hmm. much power over her and her decision. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they Do must we ever have... find out why? No. No, he's dead. No. <laughs> but, like, what do you mean, find out why? Like, why won't he let her leave? Like, what? Because she is a good scientist and he wants to use her. Okay. He's just an asshole. Like, he just sucks, genuinely. Okay. I, so, if they're both really good scientists, that makes me think that they must have, like, met at work. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe at college? Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Maybe at school, yeah. And so she talks about, like, maybe if he got hit by a bus, then then they'd be able to go. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so unprofessional. I'm so sorry. And she feels like she wasted his time. And, and she leaves. And Richard is probably, ooh, that's an idea. <laughs> He's like, oh, is that a request? Sure, we can make that happen. <laughs> a bus, you say? It's a human womb, obviously. Judging from the decomposition of the endometrium, I would say that the woman was somewhere in her 70s. Well, actually, she's 26. What happened to her? What if I told you that you could have complete freedom and money to find out? We think you're special, Dr. Burke. And we want you to lead a team of highly trained people because we think you're just that good. I can't. Why can't you? My ex-husband wouldn't let me. I... He wouldn't want you to have this opportunity. No, he doesn't want me to have anything. He would never give the okay. It, it's, Maybe uh... we could reach out to him on your behalf. Don't bother. Something that he would respond to. If you were hit by a bus, how about that? That would work. That was totally inappropriate. No, 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 no. no I, uh... I'm sorry that I wasted your time. Dr. Burke, please, you... you no, no, you don't... I'm sorry. Whatever you think I am, I'm not. I'm not a leader, Mr. Albert. I'm a mess. Juliet gets back to Rachel again and says that she's not taking the job because it's far away and her stuff doesn't even work. But it turns out that it does. Rachel is pregnant and it's all she's ever wanted and Juliet made it happen and... Oh my god. You know, I think Rachel thinks other women in my situation deserve this and so you should go. Woohoo! So that other people can be happy. This thing makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. So happy. Mm-hmm. I love seeing them. I love this relationship that they have. I they, they I love seeing them this this happy, really. It just it's amazing. And like you can feel that like the the woman who plays Rachel, like I said, I should probably look up what her name is, but um you can just like feel her joy and it's awesome. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yep. She's a very good actress. Let me look up her name. She deserves she deserves me saying what her name is. And um And of course they bring up Edmund again so he doesn't pass the test. Of course. Oh, ah, the actor has my same, has the same name as me. What? Her name is Robin Weigert, I think, or Weigert. But um, uh, ma'am, you do a very good job and I'm a big fan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think I saw her on something recently. I don't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's Rachel. That's her. <laughs> so, okay. So my, my first question about this scene is, is this Juliet's apartment and Rachel did move in or is this Rachel's apartment again but in the daytime I think it's Juliet. I think this is Juliet's apartment okay so Rachel either has moved or is just like hanging out with her at her house I she's guess. probably just hanging out there okay or maybe she was there waiting for no because Juliet would have acted surprised right if she was there right um so Juliet said she doesn't want to take the opportunity because it's too far away and Rachel doesn't want her to lose the opportunity just for her 
and uh, her research does work. She's pregnant. And um, the pregnancy test is by Widmore Labs. So Sun's pregnancy Ooh. test in season two is by Widmore Labs. And last episode when Kate did the preg- pregnancy test, that was also by Widmore Labs. Is Widmore the only man that creates pregnancy <laughs> tests? Like the only company? <laughs> Maybe yes. it's cheap. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> in in season two, when we first saw the Widmore Labs pregnancy test, we didn't know who Charles Widmore was, but now we do. So um, we can kind of track that a little bit better. It just gets like, you really start to appreciate the detail. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. So I think what's making it so impossible for Rachel to get pregnant was the chemotherapy Mm-hmm. I think is what's being Im- implied here is that, she, you know, her, she's being like ravaged by these terrible chemicals, um, which are saving her life, of course, but um, are hurting her body. Yeah. So. Also, are we supposed to assume this, this whole time it's supposed to be like in vitro situation? Because she doesn't mention. I think so. She doesn't mention like a boyfriend or anything. Right. Yeah, I think it's in vitro. Okay. It has to be. So yeah, she finally gets to do this. It's all she ever wanted. Um, and she, st- she wants her kid to get into an Ivy League school. And hopefully she lives long enough to see that happening. That's so cute. I Again, I love this scene. She also talks about ethics, which is what Edmund said. So R- Juliet must have come home and like told Rachel about like how he threatened her. <laughs> My whole life, all I've ever wanted was to have a baby. And now because of you, I'm gonna... <laughs> God, now I just need to get healthy. <laughs> now I just, I just need to get healthy so I can see the little bugger get into an Ivy League school. You know. <laughs> of course you will. You will. Hey, now you can tell that bastard ex-husband of yours what he can do with his ethics. So Juliet meets up with Edmund to tell him the news. Um, he starts figuring out what they're going to do, but she doesn't actually want to publish. And as they start arguing, Edmund gets hit by a bus. This is what was the point in telling him? That Good question. She, I don't even... I don't even know. Maybe she should have just kept it to herself, right? Because here's the thing that bothers me about this scene is that she's like, Edmund, let me tell you this really great news. And it's totally not a weird leap for him to like make the assumption that she wants to publish because they talked about it right. and everything, right? So he's like, oh, that's great. Okay, well, let's do that. And she's like, what? I don't want to publish. And he's like, well, do you see how I got confused? Because why else are you telling me? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess she was just too, like, like excited. But again, yeah, I don't know. Right, yeah. Yeah. Also, this is... But it's like, why seek... I guess because he's the only other person who knew. Right, yeah. exactly. Also, this is the scene when he's talking to his mom. And he's so rude. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is he talking? I, I want to know who his mom is. I know. Well, that's the thing is that, like, later when Juliet's the one who has to, like, pick him up from the morgue, I'm like, how long ago were you guys divorced? Because why would she still be, like emergency contact your your person for that you know right. and that kind of reminds me because in 301 um Ju- uh julie bowen uh sarah, sarah was still jack's emergency contact mm-hmm. um so like that's kind of a parallel there but i'm like how long ago did you guys d- divorce because when it was jack and sarah they like were still like in the midst of getting divorced i feel like and i'm like why wouldn't they then call his mom like does his mom hate him i mean i, I um maybe probably <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, probably. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, I mean, I've never been divorced, so I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. When you get divorced, is that like really the first thing you think of? Oh, let me remove this person from my emer- emergency contact list. Or do you like, right. or does that, does that happen? Like when the first big emergency happens, that's when you're like, oh, I should like, have done probably. that. You know? Yeah. I also think that like, maybe we're thinking too much into it because it kind of seems like the kind of line that the actor would have improvised. True. So it feels like he might have just made that up. Um, I think that's fine. 
But on Lostpedia, it said that as Juliet is talking to Edmund before he's hit by the bus, there are mountains in the background and there aren't any mountains in Miami. So, <laughs> Oopsie. Okay, yeah. So she says she doesn't want to publish it. And so my next question is, is that unethical? Because don't you want other pa- cancer patients to have this opportunity? Mm. You know, it can't just be Rachel who is a cancer patient who wants right. to be pregnant. But you, you, know? ha- you have to see the viability of it first. Right. Like, what long-term effects are there on the baby? Like, mm-hmm. can she actually carry it to term? Like, this is like, like you know, a decades-long study. Yeah, right, that's, that's true. true. So then he gets hit by a bus, and the bus has an ad for Apollo candy bars on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, he gets hit by a bus and what a terrifying, you know, I- I've seen Mean Girls, have you? Yes. yes. Uh, it, it must be scary to like see somebody get hit by a bus right in front of you. Yeah, I would say that's terrifying. Also, I think, it, I mean, if you're watching for the first time, I think it's pretty obvious that, it's, that that's what's going to happen. The way he steps, right. like the way he walks to like on the road and he like mm-hmm. moves. I don't know. You're like, oh God, he's going to get hit. He's going to get run over. They do exactly. it. I think they do this again in uh, in uh, the, without spoilers, in the season five finale, the exact same thing happens in which somebody like walks out uh, and gets hit by a vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's like the exact same shot. Season like, five finale? Yeah. Season five finale, well, I'm so- only thinking about one thing, so I really don't know <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, I like to think that Richard is the one driving this bus. I don't think he is. <laughs> But I think it's I think it's probably Ethan. I don't know. I don't know. But I I, I It's I, funnier to think it's Richard. I wanna think it's Richard. That's funny. So Juliet identifies Edmund's body in the morgue. The attendant tells her to fill out some paperwork and she tries to fill it out, but she starts to cry. I'm like, does she care about Edmund still? Like at least a little bit for sure. Yeah, but yes. also you just saw this man get killed right in front of you. you yeah, terrifying. you've just been through a trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My next question was like, why does she have to be the person? Like who's her emer- his emergency contact, which we kind of talked about already. Um, and I also noticed that she's wearing the same outfit, but it seems like this wouldn't have like, like all of this wouldn't have been done on the same day. Yeah. You don't get an autopsy done yeah. for a bus accident on the day that it yeah. happens. That's going to take like at least a month. Right. Yeah. So I, Unless it's a coincidence. All they had to do was put her in a different outfit. You know, that it, in a month she happened to wear the same outfit. To wear the same outfit. And and Richard and Ethan were still there. <laughs> so she has to sign some documents and he tells her to take her time. Um, and she's like, nope, I don't need any time. So she goes over and she's like, turns out I need some time. <laughs> I actually need to cry a little bit. Yeah. And, oh yeah, like I said before, um, she must have loved him at some point to have married him. So... Like, it makes sense that she would be crying. Um, And then I think this is the, yeah, this is the last uh, one. So Ethan shows up and offers her a tissue. Um, Richard expresses his condolences and they uh, really want her to come work for them. Hmm. Um, She puts together that she told him about the bus, um, but he dismisses her. Um, Juliet asks if Rachel can come to Portland, but it turns out they're not quite in Portland. They're not quite in Portland. Hmm. Um, so Ethan offers her a tissue and she thinks that he's familiar. Um, and the reason why she thinks that he's familiar is because she, he's Rachel's neighbor. He moved in beside Rachel to keep an eye on her. That is so creepy. So, so Richard shows up and she's like, Hey, uh, what are you guys uh, doing here? And he's like, Oh, we wanted to express our condolences before we went back to Portland. And it's like, in the morgue, at the morgue (laughs) seems a little coincidental. Would you consider waiting outside the morgue? (laughs) He was hit by a bus. I know. They they say you were there when it happened. It must have been... No, no. In, in our interview, I, sa- I said that I, want- I wanted him to get hit by a bus. Dr. Burke, I, I realize you're a little uh, shook up right now, but th- this is just a tragic accident. You can't blame yourself. I don't even remember you saying that. 
I love Richard with my whole soul, but, um, and I know that this, I know the stakes are high, so I'll like forgive him, but this is a little gaslighty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wrote, I wrote that down. Like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he's like, I don't even remember you saying that. Yeah. How would I even do that? Like you're full of crap, dude. The, the, I, man, it's cause I wrote this down. I was like, is he, cause he doesn't say you didn't say that. He says, I don't remember you saying that. So right. Yep. Right. That's true. Like he doesn't say, oh, you're a liar. You didn't say that. Right. Right. He says that I don't remember. That's true. Like, I'm just like, why don't you be a little bit more subtle and have him die in any other way? Yeah. Also, you can see her face when she, like, realizes, oh, like, they had, they, like, she deep down knows that these people got her, got him killed, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want, she doesn't want to, like, really, like, you know, accept that. Right. Because it's obvious that she does accept the, the, um, the offer. Yeah. So it's like. I I'm pretty sure this like we definitely get a like a flashback to her like accepting the offer and everything. I'm just like excited to get there because I want to talk about like what was going on in her in her head at that point like to be like these people killed my ex-husband but I'm still going to go with them. Yeah. I mean she doesn't yeah, it's like and she never says it. It's just it's kind of obvious that she thinks it, you know? Yeah. And also um like if we just had Richard, like this is the first time we're meeting Richard. So we wouldn't even know that they're the others unless we had Ethan there. Right. Right. So because Ethan is there, that like tells us that um, this was orchestrated. Yeah. That this was the Island. Um, so he's like, Hey, I know the timing's bad because your ex-husband just died. Um, but please come with us for six months. Uh, <laughs> and they know about Rachel. The only person she told was Edmund. So that's already really weird. It's, it's very creepy. Well, I guess because of uh, Ethan, right? Right. Like that's, um, they must be spying on them. That's a good then. point that I had never thought of was that like maybe Richard or Ethan were driving the bus because like maybe they were like there and they heard her say that and then went to go get on the bus or something like that. Oh, guys, I, I mean, I said that as a joke because it's a, I, like I've said it before to like other friends of mine that I, yeah, that we have a, it's a joke that Richard was the one driving, but like, uh-huh. you know, what if? Yeah, like he could be because that was my main, my main like big question was like, how did they get that to happen? Like, I, I mean, like I have a spoilers sort of answer, but like it doesn't answer everything. Okay. So Rachel's not allowed to come to Portland because they're too remote. And she's like, you mean they don't have like cancer centers in Portland? <laughs> and he's exactly. like, oh, actually, that's a good point. Um, No, we're not actually in Portland. And he's like, actually, we're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And she went with them anyway. Yeah. yeah. God. Girl, what? She's like, you're lying to me, but okay. I think it's really funny that they chose like Miami and Portland, which are like at extreme yeah. side of, of the United States. Literally. Extreme opposites. Like mm-hmm. the coasts, coast to coast. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the flashbacks. We have so much to talk about in the spoiler section. Um, but do you guys want to add anything to the conversation about the flashbacks before we um, finish up? Uh, nope. I think I'm good. No. Okay. Um, so now it's time for segments. Uh, our first segment is the best line award. Uh, so my best line award, I hate to give it to him, but this line was just fantastic. Um, I'm going to give mine to Edmund for... Because you're insufferable and, and you're mean. Well, you asked me for the truth, Mom, and that's Ed. the truth. <laughs> I feel, okay, actually, thinking about this, like, he was just talking to his mom on the phone, and he said mean things about her, and then he gets hit by a bus and dies. That's karma. I bet his mom feels so bad. Probably. I didn't even think about that. Ouch. They're, like, their last conversation <laughs> is him being, like, an ass. Well, anyway, bummer. Uh, you're too <laughs> Anyway, that sucks. Anyway. <laughs> And mine goes to Sawyer and Alex for... 
That's a hobby of yours, underdog? Digging holes? Yep. That and basket weaving. Want one? Mine goes to Juliet for it. There's something that he would respond to. If you were hit by a bus, how about that? That would work. And then, how about that? Yeah, continued about by that? Yeah. him getting hit by the bus. Oh, yeah. wink, wink. <laughs> when I make the when I make the gif for that on on our Tumblr, I'm gonna um, include the <laughs> the gif of him getting hit by the bus. <laughs> there's a, I actually have it. Like, there's a gif of it, and I have it saved. I use it all the time. It's just so funny. Mm -hmm. um, of uh, him getting hit by the bus. What? You use the gif of him getting hit by the bus? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's, Why not? It's hilarious. Valid. You're so funny. <laughs> so now we're gonna move on to segments. Um, so our first segment is Man of Science, Man of Faith, and we're gonna talk about Juliet, obviously. Um, what do you guys think? Man of Science, Man of Faith. It's just this is a, this is a very interesting one. She's a scientist, science. but I I think uh, really. I mean, she's I a know. scientist. Well, yeah. yes. But so that, but then, but the way that she's trusting Richard. Mm -hmm. Is very like faithy to me. I agree. I think it's really cool for her to be a man of science, like just herself actually, but like have like such huge faith leanings. Like, you know, Jack is a man of science and he is science, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's cool. Um, and I often, I, in the same way, I think that it's cool when like Echo or Locke do science things because they're, they are men of, men of faith, you know? Like Charlie, for example, he can flip flop. Hurley, he can flip flop. Sawyer, he can flip-flop between the two, but Jack is always a man of science, Locke is always a man of faith, and so that's why it's cool when they when they go around those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that on paper, Juliet would be a man of science, mm -hmm. but when you really dig into her character, I think um, she can easily be a man of faith as well. And we see this, too, in her next uh, centric episode. I think we can see her more of a man of, of, of faith in that one. Yeah, yeah. The next one that I have is Hurley's Walkman, and I think they were playing music in Rachel's house, but for some reason I don't... No, I can't find it. Oh, well, I'm just gonna pretend that it didn't happen. Sure. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna do Sawyer's Book Corner, and we're gonna talk about um, A Brief History of Time, which is what Aldo was reading. Um, it's a book by Stephen Hawking, and it was published in 1988. It is a landmark volume in popular science writing receiving worldwide acclaim. Okay. So, geez, Aldo, do you understand any words in that? Probably not. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, um, Rachel on her bedside has Carrie, um, which is, oh. Juliet says that it's her favorite mm -hmm. book um, in 301, and it's the book that she chose for book club. Um, so I wonder if it's her favorite book because it's Rachel's favorite book and she misses her sister. Oh my God. That hurts my feelings. Why would you do that to me? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hurtful. Did they do the thing? They kind of did the thing. So Richard says, Can my sister come? Won't work. We're pretty remote. She wouldn't have access to the treatment that she needs. But it's Portland. There's plenty of clinics. In well, actually, we're not quite in Portland. And I'm gonna count yeah. it. Yeah, I think that counts. How many episodes since the last knockout? Zero. Sorry, Aldo. There's a cat walking Kobe on our desk. Kobe very wants to be part of the podcast right now. Does this episode pass the Bechdel test? No. Ep episode or uh, scenes between Rachel and Juliet. This episode were very close both times, but alas, uh, very yeah. close. And they're so they're great scenes. And yeah, like, like they are for most of the. The thing is, okay, both <laughs> here. Here I go. Both conversations that they have don't revolt. They're not about a man. They just yeah. happen to bring him up once in the conversation. Yeah, both that's times. fair. You know. Yeah. So. 
I don't know. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Uh, and thank you to our lovely roommates, Emily and Sam, for their cooperation and respect while we recorded this podcast. They are simply just sitting in their rooms being um, very kind, and uh, we appreciate them very much yes. for doing that. If you are so inclined, please leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be that would be nice. Or wherever you listen, that yeah. would be cool. Even yeah. just the stars is helpful. Um, if you're a fan of The 100, you like to talk about that show too. Um, we are finished the series now. We did seasons four to seven um, as it was on. Um, and now we're going to be going back to the first three seasons um, because the, the final two seasons were both really rough and just like poor. And now we're going to be going back to a show that we actually loved. Um, by the time this comes out, um, I think the first episode will have like just been just been released. So um, the first episode of season three, that is so. Go check it out. You guys are so so brave for continuing that show. I'm a bit, honestly. If we didn't have so many people being like, "Excuse me, I am uh, I am counting on this, and this is a really important part of my life, and I really need you to do this," we wouldn't be doing <laughs> That's it. That's fair. Um, but we have so many people who are like, "Please do it." That's fair. I need it for my well being, and we're we're like, "Okay, we'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. Um, by the time this comes out, will the oh my show God. be back? Yes. Yeah. So we'll be covering season five. Oh we my God. The first four seasons too. You guys just got so excited. I, I'm so excited. <laughs> I think about it once a day. And the fact that when this comes out, I will like, we'll like potentially like know the end of season four because season four got cut short obviously and so we're getting like the final three three episodes of season four at the beginning of season five because pandemic and so we've just been waiting for like over six months to figure out like who done it when usually we get like who done it at the end of the season oh my god and i'm just like i'm so excited i think about it all the time and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me this is just, <laughs> just everything i think about thank you so much like we said earlier, uh, we have a Stranger Things podcast. So if you're a fan of that, we like to talk about that show too. We did all of season one. And by the time this comes out, we'll have done all of season two. And we've already started season three. We're doing all of season three in 2021. So check that out. Thanks. Yeah. So if you're a fan of Star Trek Picard, we like to talk about that show too. We covered all of season one and season two will begin shooting in January. So hopefully that comes back sometime yeah. soon. Um, you can follow at the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter. That's where most of it is. Um, but we've been posting some stuff on uh, Instagram and um, I post gifts of all of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it because um, that's expensive. Yeah. Yikes. Um, so we talked earlier about um, what you can get on our Patreon. But one thing that I forgot to mention is that we are sending out sticker packs to all of our Patreon sponsors. So uh, we also do a postcard every year. The postcard ship has sailed, but we still have some stickers left. So um, that link is going to be in the description. And if you want some aficionados themed stickers, you should go and grab some. Shipping is free on those. Love that for you. I'm patiently waiting for mine to arrive. I know so many people are getting theirs now and I'm just like waiting for all the internationals to get <laughs> exactly. out. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Maria, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> Where? Yes, where can we follow you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, John Locke with the, but the O is a C and the L is in a capital I. 
And then on Instagram at Dharma Story. Yeah. And next episode uh, is going to be 308. It's Flashes Before Your Eyes. So that's a, another really great episode. And our guest for that one is going to be Twitter Extraordinaire. Oh, God. At Claire Willett. <laughs> um, you guys might remember we had Claire on for 201. And this is going to be a long one, yeah, fam. Claire up. has so much to say all the time, but in the best way. So I uh, we're going to record that one early. So I got lots of time to edit. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, she's one of my favorite people in the entire yeah. world um she is um wordy wordy but that makes sense because she's, she's a author. writer yeah she's an author yeah 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 it's, it's gonna be so much fun i'm really excited to hear that episode because i have a kind of controversial opinion and is that for me my favorite desmond mm-hmm. episode is this one not the constant mm-hmm. i mean i love the constant but flashes yeah. before your eyes for me is the best desmond centric yeah. Fair enough. Oh, the so we have flashes before your eyes, and then after that oh. we have the episode that is known as the worst episode of Lost. I don't. It's called Stranger in a Strange Land. I think that's gonna be fun. I don't think it's the worst. It's it's. I mean, it's second to worst my, for me. Fire and Water, your worst. Absolutely. Fire and Water is definitely my second worst, and Stranger in a Strange Land is my worst because I still think that the the flashbacks in Fire and Water are are interesting to me, but. I don't care for the island storyline or the flashbacks in Stranger in a Strange Land. That's fair. For me, I think, honestly, yeah. Like, to me, Stranger in a Strange Land, you can take out that entire episode and nothing nothing will change. Yeah, yeah. It's just fire plus water to me kind of gives me anxiety. I don't like it. Yeah, that's totally fair. fair. But then, after Stranger in a Strange Land, we have an episode called Treasure Tanaka is Dead. So truly, they just sandwiched the worst episode in between (laughs) two bangers. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about those. I'm excited. Also, I, I want to wish people a happy new year because by the time this comes out, it's going to be oh, 2021. Yeah. I hope it's better. Yeah. At least a little. Hopefully. Be great. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Oh wait, that's not our spoiler section song anymore. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's do some spoilies, shall we? Um, first of all, in the episode fun facts, I had this is the first episode that does not feature any scenes in the main island. This only happens two times, and the only other one is happily ever after in season six, because um, everything happens on the Hydra Island. That's insane. Is that the Hurley episode? Uh, no, it's Desmond. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, because he's like on Hydra Island because he's getting like electrocuted and stuff, I think. Okay. Okay, so spoilers. Do you guys want to do flashback spoilers? Let's do flashback spoilers first. Okay. Why do I have so much to say about spoilers? Oh my god, okay. Okay, Um. let's see. What do I have for... Oh, yeah, it feels like uh, her hair. It goes curly again when she goes to the beach. And so I was like, is she straightening her hair? Do we think that like Ben wants her hair straight for some reason? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, because of because I don't know. It feels weird. That feels like something he would do. The whole the whole thing about him reminding him of uh, her reminding him of his mom. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. She impregnated a male field mouse. Mice remind me of Eloise, the mouse that Faraday has, who he also named after his mom, which is kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> So Rachel is pregnant and she ends up having a son who she names Julian oh God. because because Juliet basically vanished off the place of the off the face of the earth. This that one hurt. She was only supposed to be gone for 6 months and she has no way to talk to her like she she went missing. Yeah. I don't think you understand how upset this makes me. Like it's so like it's such a shot to the heart when that reveal happens. Yeah, cuz really, oh my god. Imagine being Rachel. Your your sister changed your life. 
gave you the thing that you didn't think you could ever have and that you've always wanted in your entire life. And you were so close with her. And you're the one who told her to take this oh, opportunity. Man. Yep. She goes and she never comes back. And so you name her your son after her because he's she's the one who gave him to you. And yeah, I mean. And she's nowhere to be seen. So do you think she's considered a missing person? I think so. I don't know. But also, I have a I have a headcanon that mm-hmm. this this helps me sleep at night honestly about the situation <laughs> and it's that when Sawyer gets off the island, I like to think that he went to Rachel yeah. and told her, you know. Oh yeah, he would have heard about it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to think that the first thing he did was one go meet his daughter and two mm-hmm. find Rachel. I want That'd be nice. I want Aaron, Clementine and Julian to all be friends. Yes, me too. And Gian. Yes. That would be so cute. Yeah. Lost pinup both of the kids. Yes. Yeah. And then Walt's like just there being like a <laughs> babysitter. <laughs> okay. Is that PV stop? What is she? Oh, she's in she's the box. Just scratching stuff. How many cats do you guys have? Yeah, just two. Oh, okay. thought it was just one. Kobe is sitting in front of me. But it was just Kobe. It used to be just Kobe, and then we moved in with Emily, and she had a cat. Oh. Her name is Evie, and we love her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when Ethan shows up at the morgue, um, she thinks he's familiar. And, like, of course, you know, we, we wouldn't know this at this time. The writers didn't know this or whatever. She delivered him as a baby. Yes. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. I forgot about She's that. She's like, you look familiar. Like a child I have once I, held. Have I seen <laughs> oh. you coming out of a vagina? <laughs> the, the scene, that seems so funny that now that you bring it up. When Julia yeah. is holding him and she finds out that it's Ethan and she just dumps him back. and <laughs> She just gives him back to Amy. She's like, <laughs> She's like, ew. Yeah. And like, you know, you think like, ma'am, your baby's garbage. (laughs) Oh, well, like, you know, it's just a baby and everything. And like, oh, she thinks it's gross because Ethan was a bad man or whatever. But in reality, she knew Ethan as an adult for three years. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, who wouldn't be weirded out by that? Exactly. That's, yeah, it's true. Oh, oh God. So my next thing was that like the fact that Richard was the one who was sent for like for this, like for, um, to go get Juliet means that this is really, really, really important. Because Richard doesn't just go... Richard doesn't leave mm-hmm. the island. He doesn't just go places for funsies, no, you know? Yeah. So it's like this, and then like when he goes to see Locke a bunch of times. And I also want to point out that uh, when in the next... Uh, the next Is it one of us? Yeah, one of, one of us. Yeah. Um, when we see the, the, the footage of Rachel and Julian, we Ben says, okay, Richard, you can turn it off. Oh, right, Richard. So yeah. Richard is the one like getting that footage and i think he points he's the one that points to the newspaper to show that it's real that it's on the date Mm -hmm. right yeah he's in charge of that that whole thing the juliet thing yeah my next thing was how did they get the bus to hit him Mm -hmm. and i was like is it like a i was like is it like a jacob thing just like willing it into existence or i like the idea of it being but then again if it was ethan or richard or whatever like wouldn't they be in police custody at this point they got away with it They got away with it. Because they know who was driving the bus. But they know who was driving the bus. I, I guess. So they have to, like, talk to him. No, but didn't the bus just, like, continue? Like, it just, whoever was driving just drove away. Really? I think so. Yeah, we see the, we see the, the we see, yeah. I gotta, because I thought that it, like, it hit him. No, because, no, no, because. And then, like, I just assumed that it stopped after that when everybody, like, ran up. No, because, well, I don't know. I, I saw, like, you see the bus go, and then you see Juliet yeah. look. Uh, that, I feel like she's watching it go away. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well then, if that's true, it definitely was Richard or Ethan. And also, if it's that's okay, let's say that it was Jacob. How okay. would like? I think it's too. You know, Juliet told Richard 
about the whole hitting mm-hmm. with a bus thing. Mm-hmm. How, like, that would be a big coincidence. Like, that Richard happened to know, yeah. and then Jacob happened to know, too, and then Jacob did the thing, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it feel like it was uh, Richard. I like that. I'll I'll keep it. Okay, flashback thoughts? Anybody, anybody else yes. with flashback? I think I do. Yes, Hold go on. ahead. Um, yeah, because yeah, we had some things about, like... Uh, their their marriage and stuff you said you had some headcanons about that yeah yeah okay so you 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 said you know that julia had to love him at, at some point right to marry him yeah yeah but what i'm yeah. thinking this is something that i've always thought about her relationships is that how unhealthy all of them are you know with jack with ben with mm-hmm. edmund and it makes me think about her parents her parents got divorced and they they said you know this is when this is what she tells Sawyer, you know, just because we love each other doesn't mean that we're meant to be together. And that's what her parents tell yeah. her. So I feel like she has this weird idea of what a relationship is mm-hmm. and like what love is. I don't know. I feel, and and it's not until she meets, she's with Sawyer that that, that changes. But yeah, I feel like maybe she, when she met, like she got with Edmund and she didn't necessarily, maybe she wasn't in love with him, but because mm-hmm. of this idea that she has of what a marriage is or whatever what a relationship is, she just went with it because that's what she's seen from her parents. Right. And like, maybe, you know, he showed interest in her and, you know, there are people in the world who are just like, okay, well, this is, you know, if this is my option, then I'll take it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And she's like, we know how, we know how shy she was, how shy, submissive. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe she just easily fell for it. Yeah. And she was just like, okay, well, if this man likes me, you know, maybe he's the only one. So I might as well. Maybe he's the only one. And so I might as well just do it. Exactly. I don't know. What I really want to know is how, what happened that they they ended up in divorce. Yeah. Like, because I don't think, I, it doesn't feel to me that she was the kind of person to like snap maybe and be like, okay, yeah. enough. She like, maybe it was him. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You got anything else for the flashbacks? Um, I think I, ha- I had something about Rachel, but I don't really, I think we talked about it. It was the footage of. Uh, okay. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so for the island stuff, um, Ben wants to talk to her. Like after she's pacing outside, he, he's like, Ben wants you. And I'm like, what else is new? Oh ben, my god. Ben's the one being the weirdo. <laughs> Jack and Tom, and Tom is like introducing himself to Jack. They like later we see them like playing football together yes. and they actually kind of become friends, which I think is kind of sweet. And then Friendly says they've got history. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well let's talk about the history then. Okay. Yeah, I, I Ben is being weird. Ben's a weirdo. Thanks. Yeah, and I think this is also a thought that I had. But the alliance that you you said that they like, you know, it's broken now, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that it was very close to also break when she finds out that he has cancer, and mm-hmm. he goes, no, she goes to him, and it's like, you know, if if you can cure cancer, why do you have it? And then she's very yeah. worried about her sister, and and that's when she like slaps the glass out of his hand, and I feel like that was a moment where he almost loses her as a right. You know, a, as a, you know what I mean? I forgot the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but then... As an ally. As an ally, there you go. And then he will show her the footage. But I think, I feel like their relationship was already, like, a, almost at the point. Right. He has so many things in his back pocket to be able to, like, reel her back in. Mm-hmm. And this was, like, the final straw that, like, the only thing that I have left is to tell her that she can go home. Or, like, maybe he had more things and she was like, no. Like, every time he was like, well, what about this? And she's like, no. And so it's like, that was his last straw. That's that's was his last resort. Mm-hmm. We see a brief history of time again in The Man from Tallahassee. It's on Ben's bookshelf. Oh. And so I'm like, is this the kind of books that Ben likes? Adam, sorry, I don't want to read it. <laughs> How does Adam Adam even know 
what Ben likes to I know. Read. Like, what? I'm going to pretend that Ben, like, lent this book to Aldo. <laughs> Um, and then Stephen Hawking and Eloise share the same last name. Um, and then Eloise, of course, is aware of time travel and oversees the lamppost. So, like, science. Yeah. You know? Ben, oh, Ben's in surgery. And Aldo, like, it doesn't seem like he knows. Like, Danny knows that Ben's in surgery, but it doesn't seem like Aldo knows. And because um, he's like, okay, well, I'll talk to your dad. That's fine. Yeah. M- Walt was kept here. Did they try and mind control him? He seemed fine. We talked yeah. about this already. Okay. Um, Ark! Oh, wait, I, this is my Carl thoughts. I want to see if I have anything else other than the Carl thoughts, because my Carl thoughts are going to take a long time. Okay, I have, I have some things if you, if you want to talk about Okay, that. go ahead, yeah. Okay, when, when we were talking about how much the others actually know Juliet, and how, what they feel, how they feel about her, I wonder yeah. if they know about her and Goodwin, and that's why maybe, like, like she was having, she was having this affair, do they, like, not trust her, like, look at her weirdly because of it? I just, I wonder if they know about Ben's attachment to her and they probably know that Juliet doesn't like it and that she like, she's stuck here and, you know, they probably know about Juliet and Goodwin and they also know that Goodwin is now dead. Yeah, uh uh-huh. So like, don't get too close to Juliet, I guess. Oh, Oh, God. And then uh, I have something about Stranger, why do I have something about Stranger and Strange? Oh, because um, I think, I don't remember which one said, which one of you said that uh, she doesn't really get in trouble for killing Danny, but then Strangers in a Strange Line is about, it's all about that. Like the on-island on stuff is her getting in trouble and almost getting killed because of it, because she killed one of her own. Well, oh, you're right. She, See, I thought that she was in trouble in Stranger in a Strange Land for asking Jack to kill Ben. No, I think it was because of- Because, because she kills Danny. She kills Danny at the, like, request of Ben because Ben, like, needs them to get gone or whatever. But they probably do say, like, for killing Danny. I think it was- I just, like, for some reason I remember it as, like, she- her getting punished for almost getting Ben killed. Now, uh, now we have to pay attention because I don't- I, 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 yeah. I really think it was because of Danny, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then talking about Stranger in a Strange Land, we were talking about who would be the second in command if uh, Ben is not available. And we talked about Friendly, we right. talked about Danny. But what about, like, if, if, if uh, Danny's dead? Ben is unavailable. We say, okay, family. But in Stranger in a Strange Land is this woman that we, Isabel. Oh, right. That never, she never comes back, ever. And she never comes back. So stupid. It's like, she's, oh, she's here because Ben is like, not, he's like recovering or whatever. And Mm -hmm. she's like the one in charge of the whole Juliet thing. And it's like, who are you? Like, ultimately, yeah, like, ultimately it would probably be Richard and then he would choose whoever was the next person. But like, I'm also like, what about B? What about Clue? Yeah. You know, maybe mm-hmm. she can do it. I don't know, but yeah. And then the last thought that I have is what you said about what I think Juliet is thinking when she sees. Mm-hmm. When she's looking. Yeah. Right. I don't know if, I don't know. My thought is more about what she's feeling when she uh, is seeing Sawyer and Kate leave. Right. And I think it parallels, you know, all the times that she's almost left. And, and right. She wants to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh,. You know, when, in season four with the helicopter, she, she she sees the helicopter. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna finally get out of here!" And with the with the freighter, with the and then the the sub in season five. She's so close. That's the closest right. she's ever been. Oh my god, she never actually gets to leave the island. No, she doesn't. No, no, that's yeah. She doesn't she get on the freighter. The she doesn't even get on the freighter. No, and she doesn't get a. 
on the freighter because she herself is like she this is why why i love her so much she's so selfless because she tells faraday i'm not gonna get on that boat until i get everybody off this island she like you don't even know these people why yeah. are you doing that for people that you don't even know mm-hmm. and then the the look that she has on her face when she sees kate and sawyer leave on the boat is the same one that she has when she is when she leaves the submarine and she like she looks back in, se- in season five and she looks this right. sub she sees the sub uh, go into the water and leave, and it's like, oh, well, you know, again, I can't, I, uh, I'm stuck here again. Right, once again, I'm watching other people leave, and I'm not doing it. Yeah. Also, another thing, this is last one, I think, <laughs> but I, I did I did notice that she says, when uh, when she's with Rachel, she says it worked. When when she, yeah. uh, when oh, Rachel says yeah? that she's pregnant, she's like, it worked. Yeah. And it's a parallel. I mean, I don't know if it's a coincidence or, or on purpose, but it's a parallel to her, to her saying it worked. When she's dying and then in the flash sideways. And Miles. Yeah. Yeah. My next thing was that like, Jack's like, promise you'll never come back for me. And Kate immediately turns mm. around to go back. Oh, don't get me started on Kate and her actions. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Juliet gets there um, six days before 9-11. And I don't know if she even knows about it because later when we see her with Harper, like, which is like a few days after she gets here, like, she's like nothing is different and it doesn't seem like anybody knows about it and i know like like i said this show isn't about 9 11 right. so like they're not gonna like bring it up probably or anything but she like i just no clue. yeah like i'm like does she even know i feel like the only reason that i feel like maybe they know is because ben knows things like he knew who's he knows right. his president who knows who, he knows who won the the world series like he right. knows oh, yeah. facts about what's happening in the real world he's like he says something like we have tv something i don't know he says something like that right yeah yeah so maybe they do know but I don't know. Okay. Okay, let's talk about Carl. Okay, I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, so I'm like, okay, where did Carl come from? He's the only other freaking teen. And so I'm like, okay, is he the son of somebody like Ben was? Was he born here like Alex and Ethan? Where did he come from? And so I went onto his Lostpedia page. I was like, there's so many like re- like things that it could be. And um, a bunch of people had, like he has his own theories page. And on the theories page, it doesn't say who wrote these theories. These theories are not canon. Um, I just picked out the ones that I thought were interesting. Okay, so this one says, it's likely that Carl and Alex are the only teenage others since the incident made it impossible for babies conceived on the island to be carried to term. Unless there were more frequent instances of pregnant women or young children arriving on the island, there would be much fewer others under the age of 27. This could have isolated them and account for the fact that Carl is at odds with the others. And also like, you know, it's like Claire, uh, Claudia, who came, um, Jacob's mom, uh, Danielle, and then Claudia, who was, was killed by Alice and Janie. And basically like, that's kind of it. Oh, Alice and Janie, why did you do that? <laughs> it said... Carl is either a doctor in training or an aide to those who are doctors because he developed and brought Ben's x-rays to Juliet. Hmm. Um, And then it said the brainwashing he was being tormented with in room 23 was meant to cause him to turn against Alex and or the castaways. So we kind of guessed that. Then we were like, maybe, or this is another theory. Carl was kidnapped as a child. His real parents are dead and he was given to an other to be raised just like Alex. Ooh, that's, dark. that's compelling. <laughs> I like, I'm like, that seems like the closest thing to me because he's so against the others. Yeah. Who the hell are his parents? And so here's the next theory that, okay, I don't know if I subscribe to this one, but it said that his father is Goodwin. Uh, Carl says that he and Alex used to lay in his backyard and name the stars. Therefore, Carl is most likely the son of one of the others. 
Goodwin is a likely candidate since he is about the right age to have a teenage son, and with him being dead, there's no longer anyone looking out for Wait, Carl. So would that make Carl, uh, oh, what's her face? The therapist. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But then the next person said, but if his father is Goodwin, that means his mother would be Harper, right. which means there is someone looking out for him. So I'm like, I don't know about that one. That one's yeah. interesting, but I don't know. Then it said, I, I assume that these are different people putting in these different theories, but once again, it doesn't say who wrote them, so I can't give anybody credit, but um, this says, since it appears that children conceived on the island can't be carried to term, Carl was probably conceived and maybe even born in the outside world and then brought to the island as a small child or while still in his mother's womb. His biological parents were Dharma researchers who died in the purge, but he was adopted and raised by the others in much the same way that Alex was and Ethan, I think. Wait, you already... Um, right, right, no, you're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, these are all completely different, like, separate theories, so yeah. some of the theories might be um like confusing to the other ones but yeah i'm, I'm just thinking about the timeline because obviously we ethan was yeah. born there because the incident hadn't happened yet but like carl's too young he had he had to have yeah. happen after well like when we see them later ben and ethan like there's a like you know ben's like an adult by the time that the purge happens you know and um ethan's like already like a kid right when we see him like taking alex away Ethan's like a teen. Yeah. And so I'm like, if Carl was like just born after the purge, like that's after the incident. So that it would have to be Dharma people bringing him in like a mom who was pregnant coming to the Island. And then like Carl would have had to like, maybe just been born right before the purge because like just like a little bit after the purge is when they take Alex. I think you're right. Because like, Ben was like with the others for a while before they went to get Alex and Alex and Carl are the same age. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, there's no way he was born so on you're the right. island. It's not possible. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so this other theory says Alex and possibly Charlotte and Miles were born on the island to non-others. Maybe Carl was also a Dharma baby. Carl could have been in a simula similar in situation to Ethan, born on the island or come at a young age and was conditioned into joining the others. Carl is much younger than Ethan, however, so this may have happened later on in the timeline. Carl also could have been born in a similar situation as Aaron, uh, Alex, and Jacob and, man, and the Man in Black, born on the island to a pregnant woman who was stranded there. Carl doesn't seem to think there's anything strange about their world, which indicates that he was there all his life. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I really don't think that he was born there. I think it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, I think he was probably, I think it was the same situation as, like, Ben. Or, like, yeah. younger, you know, he, he, he right. was brought there mm -hmm. maybe when was he like was a toddler like, or yeah, a toddler as a kid, yeah. So the last one that I picked out on the theories page was the others are also not above kidnapping children since it became mm -hmm. obvious after the incident that their population was endangered and recruiting newcomers from the outside risked exposing their world. It's possible they kidnapped children or bought trafficked babies on the black market. Oh, Christ. oh my God. Okay. I was like, that one's too far. Okay. That's too dark. Like, let's, let's just steal children. Let's not <laughs> buy them. Dark. Why would they even think of that? Like how, who thinks of that? I know. I'm like, and it's like, ooh, let me write this down. For some reason, like, my brain, my brain is like, okay, stealing children, that seems like something they would do. But then I was like, black market, yikes, because then you have to give money to bad people. Yeah. Well, you know, you know who would probably, okay, now I'm thinking, when um, Ben gets Alex, the one who's in charge is Whitmore. I wouldn't pass, yes. I wouldn't put it past Whitmore to do something like that. Yeah, 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 I agree. But other than him, no. Yeah, like Richard probably would be like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, it's clear that Alex and Carl are the only kids, right? So it's not like they kept doing it. Like, I wonder if they like took Alex and they were like, she needs a friend. And then they, <laughs> and they like went and stole one. But then Richard was like, let's not steal babies anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but and it just happened that they ended up being compatible, which I love for them. That's so funny. They're so Romeo and Juliet. I love them. Okay. 
Okay, that's all I have. Um, do you have anything else on your on your list there, Maria? I don't. Biddy? Nope. All right. Um, what an episode. Uh, I had the best time. I yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just love talking to you guys. I think you know, it's I love talking about Lost in general, but talking to people who love it as much as you do. Yeah, you know, it's it's so cool. I remember like when we became friends because of this podcast, I was like, it really feels like Maria gets me. (laughs) I was always like, Maria is always on my level. And I love that about her. (laughs) I am looking forward to our next podcast episode together, which is Cabin Fever, I think. I is think it? it's it's definitely in season four. I think it's Cabin Fever. I think you're Fever. right. I think it is Cabin Fever. Because I, I wanted to have a, a lock episode. Yeah, it's Cabin Fever. I, he wasn't in this episode at all. At all. So I, I, yeah, I need, yeah. I need to talk about him. You need to come and talk to him. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, if you guys want to follow Maria, which I recommend, um, you can check oh, out God. the links or her, her stuff in, in the description. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Uh, like we said, feel free to check out our Patreon. That link is going to be in the description as well. Um, and we also are still, I assume, we still have some uh, stickers left. We are selling them individually and as packs. Um, and like I said, shipping is free for that. So uh, go check it out. We'll write you like a nice note that says, hi, thank you. You're the best. So if you want one of those, <laughs> you should uh, you should grab one. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode. I look forward to the next one. Um, okay. Love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. Tell him I said hi. Get to the point.